All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. I hate to break the fishing news up here, Amchuk, but I'd like to speak about the ice hockey. Congratulations. You're one of the 13 listeners of the Real Life Podcast. We just traded a migraine in for, like, an orgasm. Might want to mark that down. Yep. All of my projects are on schedule until they're not. A member of the Nation Network of Podcasts. About as funny as we're going to get today. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the Real Life Podcast, episode 157. Brand new intro that I haven't even heard yet. Your boy Bag Milk here. I got Chalmers on my right. I got Jay on my or on my left. Sorry, I got Jay on my right. And then a very special guest, Jason Strudwick, sitting in today. We pried him away from Gregor. He is going to be sitting in. We're going to be talking about a whole bunch of stuff. I'm back from Mexico, although apparently I don't look like he I just got back it. from Mexico. You wouldn't know it. I've been taking shit here for the last 10 minutes for not having a good enough tan. Well, we had our team meeting today, and I think you misheard what I said. Because I'm like, we're talking, you're, we had you kind of regale us with your Mexican adventures. And I said, did you avoid the sun the whole time? And then you replied with, yeah, I've got a pretty good tan. I got a, I got a decent base, but not a great one. So here's what happened. I was planning on tanning before I went down to Mexico to put a little base down, make sure that I didn't get roasted. I did not do that. I'm a procrastinator. So when I got down there on day one, day two, I just burnt to shit. So... For the next five and a half days, I just kind of posted up under a tree near the pool. How'd this burn happen? Was it like a no sunscreen, just too much time in the pool? You know like, what? We uh, got day too t- drunk. We, we, all of the above. Day mm. two, we, we, uh, we went out on a catamaran. So we were out on the ocean, did a little snorkeling, did all that kind of thing. And I just could not put enough sunscreen on. So uh-huh. back, chest, everything was just roasted. That was day two. So then day three, I wake up and I'm in major pain. I'm struggling. Go in about the aloe. 
there's a lot of aloe vera. I'm slathering it. I slip and slide it through it in my room. It was, it was a whole scene. So from there on, I just kind of posted up under a tree, had a cocktail and I just lived my best life. It looks like it. And then came home and tried to tell everyone that you have a tan. Well, I tried to. I think gotta sell it, man. I think Strud's had the advice of maybe you should have tan started tanning after your trip. Yeah, like now that I'm gonna take that advice to heart, I'm gonna go book it in a, a couple of minutes here on my way home. Like when I go on trips, I go to my way to get my tan on because I want people to, to know right. I was away. I want I want to have that conversation. Yeah, when we used to go to Mexico all the times, we used to make it like a regimented thing where you would go tanning. Nobody tans anymore in tanning, but it's like they even have tanning studios. Is there a Fabu tan still around? <sighs> I think they're still around it, man. It's just, God, I used to live in a tanning bed. I'd go in for 30 minute naps. Yeah. That's how, that's how I recharge for the afternoon was in a tanning bed. Then, you know, silver chains, nice. We're not allowed to wear chains in the, in the uh, well, booth. Everyone knows that. Well, I'd, I'd take it off, but like, then I'd pop the, the, the chain on and that silver really pops on this bronze skin of mine. <laughs> when, you, when, you, <laughs> when you would lay down in the tanning bed, were you a uh, full buck naked or did you take your oh, boxers buck and like Jonesy. just wrap them around your, your package? And then up your oh yeah, yeah, I don't yeah. know. I w I would protect the junk because yeah. I, I didn't just, like getting the junk. The UVs on the junk because I know you know I've I've uh, I've jumped oh, I've jumped I've stepped on the landmine that is getting deep cold or uh, like rub a five three five on my yeah I guess nuts uh, and I know how delicate of area that is so I just protect that from the UV rays because I'm told those aren't supposed to, aren't good for you but it's good enough for the rest of my body apparently. See, I wouldn't use like socks i would use my boxers but yeah. so the downside of that is you'd have to pull it up your butt crack so you didn't get like a whole tan line mm -hmm. on your butt mm -hmm. but then you'd get like the thong tan line kind of thing yeah, but what, how small are your swim trunks like does that even matter well no but i mean like what are you wearing i don't see you wearing speedos at least i hope i, I don't. do not i'm wear moving speedos. to a different beach back when we used to go they were like <laughs> full on board like to, to below the That's knee right. almost board shorts so why are you worried about a, a high or low tan because, on your ass sheets? because because some i would buy them maybe when i was maybe five pounds heavier and then when I would get to my Mexico bod. Yeah. They would get a little loose and they would come down and you would just at the top of the back see the little... Oh, see, I like that line. <laughs> so I want people to see how white I am normally. The worry line. Nice tan. Oh, yeah, the it, it shows line. the comparison. Like, yeah, oh, yeah. You, you think, oh, you th yeah, you think I'm way. Well, check this out. Yeah, when I'm you're in right. Mexico, you never know what's going to happen. You might I, be playing well, nude volleyball. Yeah, exactly. You've gotta, you, 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 <laughs> you got to keep your options open and you've got to oh make sure God. you're presenting properly in any situation, especially on a Mexican vacation at an all-inclusive resort. We I could not believe the amount of Speedos at this resort, by the way. They're back. This, They're this back was like a really? very family-centered resort. So they had some adult areas on the beach. They had an adult-only pool. However, the Speedos were everywhere, and these guys were presenting every which way. I think that's, every what, which I think way. that's what I'll do when I'm older, and I've got like a real pronounced belly. And it's got like a lot of hair on it. Sure. And like, you know, you got to get a couple gold chains, even though I'm oh, not really yeah. a jewelry guy. Get, yeah. And just speedo it up, man. And just and just have that nice, like like in, in, in manicure your chest here. Yeah. You just have that center puff. Sure. And just like the eccentric <laughs> sunglasses and just walk around like you just don't give a fuck. The look was a speedo, the gold chains, of course. And a fedora. That was like, Ooh, oh, that was the back. Old Now you're look. talking my language. I had what a was your face. look underneath the tree? A board shorts? <laughs> yeah. And, uh, <laughs> a long sleeve shirt? I had board shorts, a hoodie, a beanie, uh, a toque. Yes. Full <laughs> yeah. socks. Yeah. Knee high socks. They're probably telling the same story about this guy. 
This yeah. guy well, bagged I, milk was underneath of the. He didn't get his son the last five days. He, That's he, true. You kind of seem like the type that doesn't wear flip flops to the pool. You kind of wear shoes with black socks. No, 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 no. no, no, no. Did, water socks. <laughs> no, no, no. He's got water socks. Water socks. <laughs> it was flip flops or no shoes entirely because oh, yeah. there was a, probably um, an 18 hour window where I didn't know where my flip flops were. You got to take a couple pairs. Yeah, that was a, that was a rookie a mistake on my end. Oh, sunglasses and flip flops—you lose them all like crazy. Yeah, I take free sunglasses. You know, you get them from radio stations and stuff. Mm-hmm. That's why I wear down there. Yeah, never. Oh, yeah. Take if you lose them, it's no big deal. Oh, it's yeah. If someone steals them, you're like, huh? Joke's on you, bud. He's like, free. <laughs> like losing a, a pair of hundred dollar oh, plus sunglasses is just oh god, it's. I was nervous about it. Devastating. I, I had I did the mistake of bringing down my nice sunglasses. How unfortunately though the you kept uh, them. Yeah, yeah, I did. They made it home. The wedding, though, they were giving out free sunglasses with just like some wedding hashtag on oh, the yeah, side. Like, so I was rocking those. I had a what, bunch of different flavors. What's the hashtag they had? Uh, it was forever. Last yeah, forever. Yeah. <laughs> some shit like that. Yeah. Oh, I'm sure. Don't do it. Yours will last for sure. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. Don't do it. They're not going to my glasses. Well, that was my hashtag. You see yeah. grandma wearing that around with her. It's not happening. Grandma hashtag probably would approve it. of that message. <laughs> yeah. It was, I was a 24-hour sunglass guy a couple of times. You know, yeah. just like hiding the pain. Did you, have, did you have one of those days where you woke up and people were saying to you like, oh, that was fun last night. And you just do not remember a single thing of it. Wedding day. Yeah. Yeah. So wedding day, my buddy Rob, we've been friends since we were kids. Like, so I've known him forever. So one, the night before the wedding, he's kind of confessing on like how much he has to pay for the extras. Like we're talking like a hundred dollar a plate for adults. We're talking. Keep it in, keep it in the vault, Rob. Yeah. <laughs> well, he was not keeping it in the vault. So. Jesus. I made a point of best spending his money on wedding day. So I had things wrapped around the head. I had like, I was wearing this like ribbon as a scarf and I had multiple pairs of sunglasses on. I found a grandma hat that I was throwing on again, protecting me from the sun. It's real nice, basically an umbrella. So that day we ended up in like the disco on the, on the resort, the disco. Yeah. And that's where the old memory checks out. And I woke up and I'm covered. I'm wearing clothes, sweating like crazy because apparently I turned off my AC somehow. Just not doing well. Very, very poorly. So I had to get up and I had to pop a couple of Caesars down just to like smell even that out room the, right uh, now. Got her Caesars is the key to recovery. Even out the old body chemistry. Sounds like fun. I want to go to Mexico again. Yeah, Strud's any crazy Mexico stories or willing to share on a podcast uh, that no one listens to? Did you used to go off season ever? Um nope. I no, I never um no, never. We'd go to Hawaii or yeah. I love Vegas. That's that's where I like to go. I like that place. I like Mexico. I go there now with my family. A little different when you're going down than, you know, with bagged milk. Uh, it's a little different. Sounds like he had a little ex- different experience than I did when I was there. <laughs> well, yeah. that was just it, right? Like there was only yeah. there was three single guys on the entire trip, me being yeah. one. Yeah. The rest was all right. people with young kids and toddlers. So the three of us that were single, we had a completely different trip than the rest yeah. of them. Like the judgment of having two Caesars at 10 a.m. I don't, I don't need that when I'm in Mexico. No. no. I don't need that at all, Hernan. <laughs> Amen. 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 <laughs> so no, did, during like all-star sure. breaks back in the day, did you go... Like, um, you know they all go to trips these days? Is it- yeah, we used to go. Well, I went to Mexico one time with my wife and some yeah. other friends. And then um, Vegas lots. We went skiing one time. Yeah. Although probably wasn't supposed to, but we did. We oh, skiing, yeah. well, uh, but uh, just stuff, different things. Like it was always just kind of whatever was close and whatever yeah. you could do. One time in New York, we stayed there. Like why, why go somewhere else? Everyone else is coming there. Yeah, so, you guys. You guys still go to Vegas a lot? Um, my wife doesn't really like it. I, I love it. I she love that you like go it. there. What do you love about it? 
I love that there's anything you want there. You can, you can, there's no judgment. I and remember at any time. The last time we went uh, with a bunch of guys, we, you know, I'm walking in like five o'clock into the lobby and there's these people walking out of a pool party and it looked like they were like the French walking out of Russia, right? Like led by Nepal. They were like dragging each other and they were sunburned <laughs> like bag milk. They couldn't even talk. And I'm like, man, that'll never be me. Like that won't, I, I would never do that at six in the afternoon. So we plan a pool party the next day and we get there. And I remember my buddy Holly and I were like, hey, that won't be us. Like five hours later, we're holding each other. <laughs> Out dragging each other out. We were asleep by seven. You like don't, you don't have a choice. No, but no one passed judgment because I walked by families and things like that. Yeah. Like, hey, it looks like you're having a good time. Yep, trying to. And you just got there. And uh, like, I, I just, I just love that city. It's so much fun. Anything you want to do, you can find. You can have a calm. The person beside you in the room, beside you, can be just going crazy and blowing themselves up and doing this crazy. And then you can have just a normal sleep. And no one like, there's no one's like, oh, that's just, you're doing something wrong. Like just, it's so accommodating for every, every experience you want. I What's love it. What's your go-to gambling table? Oh, I love craps. We're going to Vegas. We're doing a nation vacation in three weeks when the Oilers oh, play the Golden Knights jealous. on February 26th. Yeah. There's 53 of us yeah. rolling down. And uh, craps was the theme of last trip. I so, imagine it will be again. Um, what's your system in craps? So, well, <laughs> I've got a lot. Everyone's so, got a system. you got to have one. We, we went the year that Buffalo and uh, Dallas were in the Stanley Cup final. I was playing craps when that puck went in at the table. But I'd been there for a long time. So I'd had a lot of drinks. My buddy Jamie McClendon's there, and he's beside me. And there's this guy on the other end of the table. He looked like Tom Selleck. So I was just like, hey, man, yeah, how's it going? But by the end, like, I was pretty chatty. So he got he got the bones, the dice, and I'd be like, come on, Tom Selleck, we need a hard eight. Hit me with a Tom. Hit me with a Tom. And Tom would throw it. He'd hit it. We were jumping around. Like, it was unreal. I'm not, like, I was, like, 20-something. So, like, all of a sudden, like, 10 minutes later, I'm standing there, and these two very large gentlemen show up beside me. They're like, Mr. Stradwick, how's it going? I'm like, good. Oh, wow. They use the name. Yeah, thanks for asking. It's going really good. He's like, well, you have two choices. Uh, Either you go back to your room or you leave the premises, but you're no longer welcome to play uh, what? To, to gamble here, I was pretty loud, and I'm like, no, and you're on a heater too. A I was on here, yeah, so I'm like, to cool, yeah. And but I said some other things too. So the guy's oh, like, uh, I'm like, you know what? I think I'm done playing. He was like, no problem. I took my chips, cashed in, and we went to another bar. That all the guys were at. The next day, I rolled in there. They're like, welcome back, Mr. Strudwick. Have a good night. <laughs> yeah. Like there was nothing, but like just a little time but out. That's, that's oh. the thing about a craps table is it's the one place that you're supposed to be oh, loud, so and you're supposed fun. and like it's, when the whole table's having a good run. It's great, but like you can lose so fast at that game. You can. Oh yeah, you can. But you have to. But like, we don't. We don't talk about the losses. No. Like no. I love the hard ways. Putting up, putting so money on like, hard see, eight, hard do... sixes. I just, I, I just lose my mind when I hit it. Do you it's only so hit much... your hard ways if you have them on the come That's line? The, isn't that the best situation the when you're way. when you're on an eight and then you bang out a hard eight and it's just like it's just the dream. Yeah. But I, I like playing the uh, the come <laughs> line too. So I put the yeah. come. I let's say I have hard. <laughs> let's say the point six. I'll go on six and eight. Both hard six and eight and the come line. So I just load it up. And, and then you hit it, you're like, boom. So when you're getting, so it. if you have like the six and the eight that you always play, yeah. when you get paid out on the six or the eight, do you then I press rebet it. the nine or the five? No, I press those ones. So I love, oh, to, so I love just, to press. So I, I like to press well, okay, right so, away. So now we're getting outside of my yeah. scope of knowledge. What's press mean? So let's say you have $12 on a six and you usually get back, what, like 10 bucks or whatever or something yeah. like that. So I'll like, I'll, I'll put it again. I'll say, press it. So now I make that $12 bet uh, an $18 bet. Yeah. And I take back five. And then, uh, then I'll let it run. Then once I hit, yeah. then I let it run a couple times. And I'll, I listen, I don't often win, but I find that when you do that, you, you make your money pretty quick and yeah. then you kind of lose it. So my, my strategy is kind of similar, except yeah. I try not to take too much of it back at the time. That's I right. try to have as much on the table as possible. Right. Yeah, so I start, I start with my yeah. goods and then I start with the wins. I start to pack it on 
the higher odd things, you sure. know, like get the threes yeah. and then, and then, you know, once I got all the hard ways and I've got at least something on all the combines, lines, that's when I just sit back and, so much and relax uh, and just and collect. It, yeah. And then just collect but, until that's seven or seven. Comes. One of my moves was like, let's say you have the dice. You're just about to throw them. I'll just throw it at 10 and be like, high, low, you know, just, <laughs> yeah, and oh, it just yeah. hits the table as the dice come out. Boom. And if you hit it, everyone's like, yeah, and oh, you're yeah. just going crazy. Like, and that's the best, that's, so that's much, other oh, best part of the game is throwing, throw, just throwing your chips yeah. across the table. Just like, yeah. all the hard ways. And they just know. And you got the, your own little section I love of it. the hard way. Oh, I love it. Oh, I love it. Crafts is the only team game in the casino. Oh. And that's why it's the best. If you get if you go on a heater, especially if you're the one chucking bones. Oh. Uh, and you're the one f- and making money for the t- you, you feel like God. You're everyone's friend. Everyone's you, friend. I hate when people go on the don't pass line. So like we're just eight of us and we're all playing to win and this guy's playing betting against and I'll just go out of my way to chirp that guy. Like, yeah, oh yeah, I don't like, it like you're 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 giving us Brad Mojo. Like I hate it. And then when you when you don't get it, then you cheer because he loses money. Like you like that? <laughs> yeah, like, no, no, yeah. Just get him fires out of there. Me up. It's such a negative attitude. Why, yeah, why oh, you, exactly. Yeah, no, no. Why would you bet for the whole table to lose? Like what kind That's of a person right. are you? That's right. That's <laughs> yeah. what I say. They're just pricks. Yeah, they are. So speaking about a system and being cooled down by security, when we were in Vegas on the last trip, um, for the last nation vacation these guys that came on the trip gave us these they made like oilers nation like like mardi gras style necklaces with these giant pendants and this is after the game and you know we're in an all-inclusive all you can drink eat zone at the game so i was i was doing well i was doing pretty good Uh, so um get to get to the table and i've got this system where i put the pendant on the table and it has to have the nation logo up and then i put the dice on it <laughs> and then set it to sit the double sixes hard hard 12 yeah, oh yeah. and then i go and chuck and i went on a fucking run come on so much so same thing like security <laughs> comes is like sir uh you can't put your pendant on the table anymore and then yeah. sure as shit like two rolls later crap that's such a kick i hate when something disturbs it like i hate when you're playing and the, the table's hot then someone's like oh can i get in and they put like 20 dollars in then everyone has to wait for this guy to fucking color up. Yeah, that fuck. just drives me. Don't when the table's rolling, it should be a no inclusion. Oh, or somebody yeah. that Don't. colors up and wants to leave. Yeah, like it should be. You're, once you're in, you're in. You can't jump in and you can't jump out. Yeah, because like, the flow with the flow is around the table. No, what's yeah. your what's your view on people who aren't playing rolling? Oh because, no. Because, so okay, no. but if I'm playing. And I let my wife. That's roll. fine. Okay, you're you cool have with skin that? in the game. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. that's what we were doing. We were letting yeah, our wives that's roll. I always and want them. They went. That's the thing. I want. I don't really. I don't necessarily think I'm very good at rolling, even yeah. though I know it's a chance thing. This thing in me, I try to put them on, I put them on threes, I throw them. I'm not good. I've never been sure. on a run. Yeah. But if that actually wife, wouldn't be. Yeah, well, yeah. exactly. And so I know myself. <laughs> <laughs> but, but, but my wife and, and, and a buddy of mine's wife went on a, a, a big run. Oh, and, it, so and, and so I'm oh. wondering if people are looking at like, I mean, they're all winning too, so they shouldn't care. Oh, don't, it but matter. like, I mean, I don't think they let people roll unless, like if I have the dice and I just give it to some, yeah, girl sitting next to me. I don't even know, and she's not playing. She's not invested. I don't think she's going to do the best for me. No, uh, in my opinion. Yeah. Now, now, when you throw the dice, right? I don't know. Welcome to the real life podcast, sure. where we just go off the rails yeah. and talk about nothing that we're supposed to. Yeah. There is a segue. I can bring uh, playing craps to Mike Smith and then the Battle of Alberta if we want. Yes. To. Uh, yes. When you roll the dice, do you like? Like shake your money maker and toss yeah. them down, or do you grab them from <laughs> no. the top and do like the backhand yeah. slap? Well, everyone's got their own moves. So yeah, I'm a lefty, so what I do is I, I make I bring them right in front of me and I, I pinch them, and I like to see pairs on top. Yeah, and then and I rub them like two, three times on the that. ground. Then when I throw them, I make sure that they hit the back wall and then right on the ground. Like I don't want it to be a high hit oh on the ball. God. I just like a That's low hit, and then, down. Man. and then it bounces back. Yeah, and then when you hit that hard eight, boom. 
When so you, jacked when, up. When you get a couple <laughs> drinks in you, though, hitting that back wall it gets on harder. the high, no, that's yeah. hot. Yeah. You must harder. throw a couple dice off the board and go. Yeah, like, why? I, <laughs> when I'm playing craps, I only drink Bud Light. That's what I. That's what keeps me yeah, uh, so kind of like water. Upright. <laughs> yeah, yeah. If you get too crazy, because you don't want if the, if, the, if the craps go. If the, I, I, I hate when the dice go off the table and someone asks for new dice. Oh, new dice? Like no, same dice. Go tackle that person who stole that die. <laughs> yeah. Like you need it. So, so this can be the segue. I was at a hockey tournament this weekend, and we were at. We were playing in Wetaskiwin, but we were staying at the beautiful Best Western in oh, Camrose yeah. sure. Hotel and Casino. So <laughs> we were, you know, all the parents, we've had three hockey games that day. The kids are spent, but they still wanted to go swimming. We went swimming. We put them all in a room. They're pretty old. They have iPads. One of the parents stayed with them. They can FaceTime us if they have a problem. So the rest of the parents go down to the casino. Sure. Right? Well, we've mentioned on this podcast before that Mike Smith's sons are on our team. Yeah. And so uh, the kids are all in a room. We're all in the casino. And the minute that that happened in the Battle of Alberta, every single person in that casino and what's that? stopped worrying the goalie fight. Yes. Yeah. The goalie fight. Yeah. The melee, which I didn't, like, I, I saw it in front of the net. I wasn't <laughs> thinking too much. The casino shut down. Not one reel was spinning. Yeah. Everybody was turned and looking at the TV. It was the most excited I've been around a hockey game in a long, long time. And, like... You don't get to see it anymore. And so it like kind of brings up a couple things for you, you know, uh, like before you get into that though, Chalmers, I am very excited about something as well. Sure. It is our friends at Japa machinery. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Just 45 seconds quick. Oh, I, I don't, I think this battle of Alberta conversation is going to go long. So we should Fair. plug That's our friends at Japa as pipeline work kicks off here in Alberta. Japa machinery group has new and used 36 and 47 ton excavators available for rent or purchase to complement existing fleets. Personally, I am a fan of the 47 ton. Whatever you're into is up to you. Our XE470s would look great on your site. And Japa also has service trucks available to assist on any repairs or any winter maintenance your machines might need in the field. Or if you need any ice, lugging, or tarping, bring your equipment by our shop in Atchison. Go check out our friends at Japa Machinery. They are fine folks. They have fine equipment, fine service, and fine help whenever you need it. Chalmers, go ahead. Buddy. Oh, okay. sorry. Let me jump in because this ahead. ties into Japa. I watched the BOA game with Sean Green from Japa, mm -hmm. and me and him, because we like the old school of, of uh, way of hockey, that game had us out of our chairs and jumping up and down and yelling at the television screen. It was unreal. So, so, that's, now let's, so, let's, so let's that was happening in. at the casino, which was amazing because this casino's not that big, doesn't have a craps table, yeah. awful. <laughs> then it's not a casino. Yeah. They, have, they have blackjack switch, which is just blackjack and the casino's way of making you now play two hands at once. Sure. Yeah. Okay. This whole place shut down. Everybody's watching the TV. You know, the next day I'm listening to ESPN radio. I'm listening to like American feeds who never talk about hockey. And they're talking about this game. Like it was so good for hockey. Like, what do you think? Like mm -hmm. it's 2020. The game's changed. We get it. Was it a better game in 2000 when this was maybe more of a occurrence, not a goalie fight, but just like uh. a, a real rivalry that has tension that has yeah. that has dramatics like what, wait, i guess yeah like to, to add to that like what's your thoughts on just like the recent like three week span yeah. of the battle of alberta well i, I think overall uh the game is less um, there's less passion and less intensity in the game and mm. i think that's uh, something i've been very open with and i i, I oftentimes find the games boring you know we it, it, there's no doubt the overall skill of players is is higher 
you know, you, you go through one through 20 or one through 18 skaters. What guys can do with the puck and without the puck is it's, we've never seen this level of skill throughout all those guys. The problem is, is that uh, the game has moved away from a lot of intensity and, and, and um, you know, a little bit of dirty play and, you know, some, some, some fights, things like that. And that's the passion is what I think connects us to sport. Um, skill is great. But, you know, we, and not to, to, to be rude, but like uh, the move that McDavid made on, on uh, uh, Morgan Riley was ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Ridiculous. Mm-hmm. But that didn't get the coverage of this Battle of Alberta these two games did. And what he did was a lot harder to accomplish, like on a personal level, than what everyone did in Battle of Alberta. But that was all, you know, in the case, what, 20 guys or 40 guys or whoever were playing, all of them were involved emotionally. You know, you got Sam Gagne poking at a puck that, you know, we would have been a little pissed off if you're an older fan, seeing him go for it. But you love seeing that. You see Ethan Bear fighting out, like Ethan Bear. And Ethan Bear's legend grew exponentially mm-hmm. through that moment. And, you know, I'm not sitting here saying that guys have to fight, but the passion is what connects us. And I think that's what lacks in the regular season. Then you get to the playoffs and you see more of it. But, you know, people can't wait. Uh, April 4th, like that ticket's going to be the hottest ticket. It, people are so excited to see that game and what it could mean. Maybe it's a, a playoff spot. Maybe it's a home date. Who knows what happens? But I, I just think that the overall passion intensity is in there because players are growing up doing something different. So I have kids who are eight, eight and six years old. And they're going up watching these amazingly talented players make amazing moves. But they're not watching when I watched. When I grew up, I was watching Wendell Clark run guys over, Bob Probert, dummy people, Luke Richardson try to slash people's arms off. I wanted to be like that. That's what I wanted to be. I wanted to be those types of guys. There's no one, there's no little, you know, my son Kane isn't like, oh, geez, I'd like to be like, uh, mm, who hits in the NHL? Well, that's a good question. There aren't really any. Josh Archibald, apparently. Yeah, but you know, (laughs) there's really not a lot. Like, how many open ice hits do you see, right? And we do, there's a big fight after. So it's... It's the game's changing, and and for people of our generation who are who've seen this and this type of intensity, it's a real drop off when there isn't it. So when you do see it, that's why you get the coverage because like that's that's crazy. Like and to be honest, like it, it was crazy. But I wouldn't say it was like out of control. You know, we've seen way bigger brawls mm-hmm. uh, in the past than we did from from that game last uh, on Saturday. It's a shame knowing kind of. To, to me, after Wednesday's game, the stage was kind of set for something mm. again on like, and well, the stage was set for something on Wednesday, and then it even set it even further for the game on Saturday. And this is where, like, if the NHL, I know they, it's a very sensitive subject of promoting the uh, aggression side of the game because of all the stuff that's going on around that. But like, if you're NBC, you got to pick that up, and you've you you got to know that's a game you want to show to your American audience to help grow the sport because. Everyone would have loved. There's, there's no. There's, uh, right. It's like three percent of people that didn't like what happened in that game. But the problem is, you know, that sh- that game will be. It'll be less. It'll happen like that less and less as we move forward. Well, so when's the last time it happened? On, well, that's what I'm saying. So it's 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 a, a unicorn, whatever you want to call it. It's gonna be harder and harder to find that. You know, when you see a little bit of animosity now, people are like, oh my God, look at these two guys. But really, they're a little bit of pushing and shoving, and there's really nothing major. Mm-hmm. So that's the hard part. So you can promote it, but you're not going to, you might not see that again this year. That's, you know, and, 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 and that's very valid. I, uh, I'm just hoping that, like, the one thing that, and, and, and once again, I could be extremely biased uh, towards a certain team in Edmonton uh, than others in the league. Uh, you got to think that this week, like, you know, we outplayed Calgary, except for coming out flat in the first on Wednesday. We deserved to win, but Riddich kind of stole the game from us because he sure. saved everything, right? And then he did the stick flip, right? Which so, is another great storyline going w- into Saturday. Which you know, obviously enraged the team, and there's still some, you know, some bad blood and some stuff percolating, which all, you know, Edmonton showed up on Saturday and sh- and made a, made a statement. Do you think, like, this is, like, 
do you think this is going to bring the team like super close? Like they oh. just they just came and just like threw down. Like they went full playoff mode and just threw down and made the other team look silly. Yeah. Oh, 100%. Like uh, everyone it's everyone remembers kind of what your role was in that game and how you contributed. And everyone should feel really good about that. There's two ways to bring a team together quickly. A night out which you know teams have anyways with some drinks, and then the other night is is a bit of like a, a, a tough, hard fought kind of little bit of a fight filled game mm-hmm. because everyone's like, yeah, I was in there and I was doing this and we were battling. And remember when you did that? And everyone's got a story to to share. Now that team is galvanized; they've come close together. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and I don't know that they have to go around now try to beat up the rest in the NHL, but they're they're they know how far an Ethan Bear is willing to go. Or uh, you know, when Sam Gagne scored that goal and his reaction, having two hands in the air and one leg in the air, like you're that's a seven three goal. You're probably not doing that if it's tonight against Phoenix, but yeah. against that team, you're like, oh yeah, look at this party or Gaetan Haas's reaction. Yeah, like all that stuff. It just brings you together and you get a little bit of swagger and brings a team closer together. It, it shows that like on Wednesday, what I noticed was in the first period everybody was so preoccupied with what might happen Mm. that nobody was playing like on the Oilers at least nobody was really playing hockey right not until new job sudden fight took a little bit of the tension away then the Cassian and Kachuk thing happened and in the second period from that momentum they couldn't get us out of the zone we started playing like a real hockey team you know like and and like I said it was a heartbreaking loss where we kind of lost the small battles and then we lost the war of the game Mm. but in this game it was like we're not letting that fucking happen again. Mm. And in my opinion, it completely flipped where we won the small battles and then the overall war we won. And that's the type of thing that, like you said, where these guys go, look, you saw my commitment level. We all had the commitment to the team now. We're so much closer together just because, like you said, we know what everybody's willing to do now, you know, and, and for the cause, for the greater cause of, and, mm. and, and this is what happens when we do it. We win. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Handily, right? and that's a concern for the Flames that they really got beat. Take Ooh. all the fights out, take the goalie fight out. Like they had no answer for uh, Leon's line. Um, you know, I thought that they got worked. Johnny Goudreau was invisible. Invisible. He's so been invisible. For a it's while a real now. challenge. Like they have some significant issues to address uh, to figure out how to compete. And I think it goes back to last year's playoff series against Colorado. That, mm-hmm. That's one of the most lopsided. Um, dummyings in the first round we've seen yeah. and Colorado's not a physical team but they were bigger and stronger and just pushed the flames right out of it so Trey Living is he's got some issues he's got to address and I'm not suggesting that Gujo's not a good player or these other guys but you've got to find a way to contribute in a tight hard-fought game like that Yamamoto did and you know stick on puck and the way he's yeah. getting to the net and like Yamamoto has that ability to get into the hard areas without getting caught up with bigger men He's just kind of there, and he's out, yeah. and he's in. He's just kind of like a – he's just quick, right? And Johnny has to find a way to do that as well because they need him. They need him. He's one of their best players. He's invisible. Yeah. Do you think this is a little early or the perfect time for this type of galvanizing performance for, like, what we need in a playoff run? Oh, perfect. Perfect time. perfect time? Because yeah. you're halfway done this – well, more than halfway, whatever you want to call it. But now you have, what, 30 yeah. or 29, they're, whatever's left. They're building like, momentum. Like, you're, you're starting to get going. You're rolling. Then now it's like this is – and, you know, this is the standard now. Mm-hmm. This is how we play. So if player XYZ fall off, you're like, guys, this is how we play. This is not like that. We play like this. And that's their standard. So just not like, too early to like lose that, ah, like to, to kind of wear yourself out. But, almost. It's not, but, it's like but they're it's, not playing like that. I just every always game. see the teams that get yeah. like the lightning in a bottle, like a yeah. month before playoffs. Yeah. But the owners are trying to get in the playoffs. Yeah. This team isn't 10 points clear of the Vancouver Canucks. Right. So they, yeah. they, they're in a fight. And if yeah. they don't re- realize that, then they probably won't make the playoffs. So yeah. they, they need every positive thing to go for them because we've seen them drop off before and they don't want to do that. Mm-hmm. No, it, 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 it but like just just this past week, I think just reaffirms with me 
you know, my, my biased opinion that I think they're going to make the playoffs. Like it's a different team this year, like just witnessing how they got together and just sure. went to war this week just tells me that that room is tight. Uh, and these guys are willing to put in the effort together as a team to, to try to get us to the playoffs. And, and I, and I now actually believe it. I'm not just saying it, I actually believe it. A couple things that I love from that game is one, where was Milan Lucic invisible? He was invisible. Did he swat at anybody? Did he push anyone? And then the second thing I loved was watching the game, Ethan Baird, Matt Kachuk are going at it, and you're like, all right, Ethan Baird throwing him. And then all of a sudden, Mike Smith wanders up to center ice, and he's got the Ken Dryden pose on top of his <laughs> stick, just waiting for Taubes. Yeah. And then there's a great photo. Actually, Chris, the intern, got it of Darnell Nurse pointing at Cam Talbot saying, get out there to Mike Smith. Yeah, pointing at Mike Smith, yeah. yeah. And all I could think about was, oh, I don't know if you want any of that, Cam. The I, reach on Mike Smith. I mean, he's like, what is he, six seven? Oh, he just... Oh. He's a big man. I got a lot of respect for Talbot because, yeah, that was... You knew that was going to be a, a losing proposition, but you yep. know what? You took he, shots at a guy. Well, he, well that's the thing. To. He was accountable. He he knows. He, he, you know, he went out of his crease. He's popping guys with blockers. And, you know, the old or the, the code that doesn't really get followed too much states... You've got to pay the price for that, and then he did. I yeah. loved it. Not even pay the price; just do the do the job that comes afterwards. Eat well, that's it. but like, that's paying the price yeah. for those actions, right? So, like, ah, fuck, I, I respect him for it big time. Like, well, Strudge, you 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 played in an era where there was some of that. Do you got any good stories of just crazy brawls like that? And goalie fight? Have you ever been involved in a game with a goalie fight? You know, I've seen. I've, I don't think I have. You know, the goalie fights are pretty rare at yeah. any level. But as, I mean, as we said earlier, that was the very first ever yeah, goalie fight in a crazy. Battle of Alberta. That's ridiculous. It's a crazy stat. No, but I remember in junior one time, I was finding this guy, David Jezolowski. We had nicknamed the last warrior because he fought all the time. <laughs> and uh, so he and I, we get into this fight and I'm like, it's in countless. And like the fans start going crazy. I'm like, I'm doing okay, but I wouldn't say I'm beating the, the, the wheels off this guy. And then, you know, we kind of slow down. I look around, everyone's fighting. Everyone else like, what the hell just happened? Like, you know, so it's kind of scary in those situations because, you know, I have my guy and I'm not, I'm not worried about the guy who's directly in front of me. I'm worried about someone coming out of nowhere and just cock, you know, just yeah. cold cocking me. There's not enough refs for everybody. And that's the scary part. Yeah. You know, like you just never know what's going to happen. And, you know, and even the minors a couple of times I was in multiple fight situation and you're like, I've got my guy, but does everybody else have their guy? Yeah. And you're like, I know that little fucker on my team's not taking the guy. So. <laughs> <laughs> someone's open you know like and uh i i remember it's like it's crazy it's a it's a crazy feeling but i think we got to talk about that skate for cam talbot from his crease to mike smith because you you know you're going to a death and i've been in that before we're like um you know like it was i remember Murderers row. The, kick oh, yeah. on, the kick on the back and well, you just go oh yeah, god like, i don't want to go out there yeah, right like, now like it's the worst feeling when you used to play in the nhl and it'd be like four one or five one you're like please god don't score anymore like let the other team score or let us score and then they'd score and then be like they'd put out their goons and you just be like oh god please and it'd be like strudwick left wing you're like oh fuck Here so you like and i remember we were playing against i was chicago when we were playing against boston they had christoph oliwa so i skate on the ice and my ryan mate was chris simon so I was supposed to be on the left wing, and he skates over. He's like, Strutty, right wing this shift. I'm like, fuck <laughs> me. So Christoph follows in there. So I, so I look over at this guy, and he's, like, going crazy. So I, like, skate over like I'm all tough. I'm like, oh, God, please, someone pull the fire alarm. Like, anything, right? So we end up fighting. It's a good fight. I actually get the better of him, and which is a miracle. And he's like... Um, 
again the bench I'm like okay thank god he's like we're fucking going again we're gonna kill you I'm like oh fuck again so we go out there <laughs> meanwhile we keep scoring so now I gotta go out there and fight him again and I'm like Jesus like give me a chance so we fight again but like I remember afterwards I just met my now wife and I'm like I can't believe like I thought I was gonna die and it's because it's just that that skate from A to B is a really scary thing because yeah. it um, you know what's gonna happen this isn't ending well like the best thing that happens you tie like for Cam Talbot, his best was a hope he's just tie a fight. That's yeah. not a good that's not a good feeling going to a fight. You know what the best part about that is is like you were you don't seem like somebody who would have been scared to drop him and I know there's bigger guys out there, so but it just goes to show like even fighters who know this is the game I gotta fight, there's gotta be that level of just like I don't even wanna it's not scared, but it's just like that intensity in them that's oh the nervousness it's, it's like george the rock everyone he was in the minors the first year my second year we had a tough team he'd beat everybody up so the guys are like strutty you can beat him he's got a glass jaw i'm like yeah <laughs> you're right he does he does so uh <laughs> yeah. I up there, and ralph internuvo's uh i hate i don't know what it was ralph internuvo had this big nose and he was on line with george and i skate by and slash ralph i'm like fuck you you little whatever and he's like George's gonna get you. I'm like, fuck you. I'm gonna beat him up. And George's like, oh, we're going. I'm like, oh, yeah, we're going. So we drop the gloves and like, I don't even get a punch off. He's absolutely tossing me around like a rag doll. And all I hear is Ralph, I told you, Stradwick, you fucking pussy, you fucking pussy. I'm like, fuck you, fuck you. And I'm trying to fight George the Rock and he's just absolutely annoying me. So we have to go off and I go into the the dressing room because it was at near the end of the period. So I'm just sitting there like, oh God. And the guys come in like, good try. It's good. I'm like, yeah, good whatever. Try. So then I got to put my helmet go up for the period. My back of my head was so full of um, lumps. Lumps. I could barely get my helmet on. They basically <laughs> just took like a garbage can lid and put a, a, some tape. I'm like, wear this. I'm like, oh, thanks a lot. <laughs> you ever go to, you ever go to a middleweight or a Ralph Intranuval, uh type of class of guy in your team and just be like, look, I can't fucking do That's it. That's right. But yeah. I want to kill that guy, so can you go fucking do it? Oh, no, it? Like- I, I played this one guy, Freddie Kinnipshire in the minors, and uh, it was, and he, he, he was a good player for us, but he chirped a lot. And I was happy to go in and fight his fights. But there was this one guy, Murray, I forget, I think his name was Rob Murray, and he wasn't very big, and he'd always chirp me like, fuck you, Strider, you're a fucking worst player. I'm like, and Kniffshire's like, yeah, you're fine. So he'd get into it. And he and like, uh, Freddie looked at me like, are you going to fight this guy? I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? He's the same size as you. <laughs> so I remember I went into a, the, the intermission. I'm like, hey, you fucking fight that guy. I'm not fighting this guy. Like, I fight everyone else. You fight the same guy's size as you. And we got into an argument and whatever. He didn't, he didn't like that, but I'm like... I find the big guys. You have to fight yeah, somebody. Classes, there has yeah. to be some give back because I can't yeah. do it all the time. You know, that. How do you think Nuge and Monahan did in their weight class? Oh, it's perfect. It no was one's great. Hey, no one's gonna get hurt. You know what? Like, it had it, it. it had a feeling of. Do you remember when? Uh, who was the Russian guy that was slapping? Because seven, oh, seven, yeah, yeah. And playing the drums small. when they came apart. Yeah, yeah. Almost like they didn't know how to like yeah, right. grab each other in a fight. Yeah. I was like, oh god, what are they gonna start throwing double fists here? Nuge knows what's up. The thing I like about the Nuge has got the fire. It's his third fight. Yeah, but the thing is, it's it's two guys that in a, in a situation, I felt that that kind of got things going. Yep. It, it oh, yeah, unraveled because it was two guys that, and that shows you how much intensity was on that ice. Two guys that you would never think would fight, and uh, they don't know what they're doing, but I loved it. And you can see the guys on the bench like, yeah, and no one's going to get hurt. Like, is Monaghan yeah. going to drop a lucky punch or vice versa? So it was a great, and to me, that shows the level of intensity that's on that ice, and that's, that's what you want to see. You don't want to just see the normal suspects doing it all the time. Mm-hmm. No, that that well, the whole building was just yelling nude. Like I oh. got everyone inv- exactly, and that just like opened the door. Then the game started. Yes, 
Yeah. There was turtles dressed up in Calgary, hey? Right behind the Calgary yeah, bench. Did yeah. you notice that? Yeah. Studs, oh, you know this, but Wanya and I and a few others uh, dressed up as turtles. Oh, really? Uh, Those costumes game. look good, too. Legit costumes. Spent a lot of money on it, uh, but we must have took a thousand photos, and yeah. it was unreal. Yeah, I was I'll at the game. I walked around. I saw you guys. Well, I saw With the, the big turtles. Heads? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I saw it. There was a few other turtles. Fuck, there if was, I saw you, yeah, there, was the, you. The, there was the I Ninja Turtles who showed their faces. Then there was you guys who, there was five of you. Yeah. Big heads. Big and then heads. there was like yeah. an, another set of turtles. I was like, this yeah, is there was awesome. a few. It was great. It was, awesome. was, there that, any, uh, was there any negotiation having to get those things through security? No, I was actually, I was shocked. I thought we were going to have to take the heads off and sneak them and smuggle them in. But we went up to, and like, sh- shout out, maybe I'm getting someone in trouble. But like, we went to like the, the you know, like there's the, the lineup for like loge seat and box ticket holders. Yeah. And we just said, hey, we're turtles. This is like, you know, we need to get out there to take photos. We want to get in behind yeah. the glass of the flames glass during warm up. Like, you know, hook us up. It's like, come on in. But I think that's the organization needs it. The NHL needs characters that come to the game. You're not, you're not hurting anybody. You know, no. there's no fighting it, but it brings a, a carnival atmosphere. Yeah. And you could feel it that night. There was a carnival atmosphere at that game. Yeah. And that's what you need. Oh yeah. People were just getting out. It was like a Saturday night game. People were just getting after it. Like just like yeah. the energy and the build up towards it. But like just, just our little stunt there. Like we got a bunch of photos, which is good. And those, all those get shot out. Right, just good. We got on the Spittin' Chicklets Instagram account for our yeah. efforts. That's like all this great awareness, anyways, around 100%. all that. So that it's a no lose situation. Hundred oh, percent. Like in, unless we're like being assholes about it, but we weren't. No. Like fuck. That. Like we took so many photos with kids. Everyone was just loving it. It was. It was like honestly, like, and I wasn't drinking. I'm, I'm ever since the Finns were here, Streds. I'm on a three week dry kick. Oh, really? So I'm doing this sober, and I was having the time of my life. So how after that game for the Oilers? The other good thing about them coming all together in that in that game in Calgary, they flew to Phoenix that night yeah. and landed, which means they had all of Super Bowl Sunday. Yeah. yeah you got to think the that's like rookie party was, night, eh? Yeah, maybe. Where the waste yeah. management was in Phoenix. They got to spend that whole day and then have a day off the next day. Oh, well, not yeah. a day off. Yeah, that was a Sunday green Sunday was a day off, but you got to go that skate, was a green right? Light. So you got to get to work the next day, but yeah. they had to have done something oh, fun. Oh, for sure. You've got to celebrate that game. Yeah. You got, you know, you got to, it's, and, and, you know, we'll see how much they celebrated based on the game. I was going to say, is that how we'll you tell? Know, <laughs> you can always tell when it's a little bit, uh, like I thought, I think St. Louis had a couple good nights in Edmonton because yeah. they looked like they had a good <laughs> yeah. party. And you don't want to throw guys on the bus because we did it too. But there's part of it you have to, as a coach, you have to manage manage um, on ice development, but also the off ice development and bring teams together. Mm-hmm. And you have to recognize that guys just battled three hard games. Like all, everyone, everyone battled. So you can't say, Hey guys, a nine o'clock curfew. Not that NHL coaches would, but you know, you have to, you know, so you know that practice probably Monday was, there was a lot of guys tits up, which is, yeah. you know, whatever. Yeah. But, and then he hoped that the guys say, Hey, we had a good, you know, we had a good three games. We had a good couple nights. Uh-huh. Now let's buckle down and have a good game in Phoenix. When yeah. you were, when you were playing, were you on the all bar team? Were you one of the guys that could stay out late? And when I was younger? Yeah. But when yeah. I got older, like I remember when the every year. those guys would come in, they're like, let's go out. I'm like, buddy, I've, I've already done what you've done. I've, I've done it better. Quite and <laughs> <laughs> longer. And was there but, any young guys that would also go out with you, and you'd just be like, "I know this is going to be a bad day tomorrow for him." Just- uh, but yeah, you could see it. You could see it coming. I mean, it, you know, as when I first entered the league, it was not uncommon to have a bucket of beers with dinner and I pour a game. I remember yeah. the first time I sat down with Dana Merz and Hank, and he's like, uh, "What do you want to drink?" I'm like, "I'll have some Pellegrino." He's like, "I'll have a bucket of beers." I'm like, "Oh, okay. I guess I didn't expect that, but I guess you know we're doing this." And uh, so you have a few drinks, and then you know I, I would kind of tap out early. I wasn't you know legit, but those guys would just have their bucket, a couple more buckets, and go home at like midnight, and not even flinch. Now it's like, "Oh, beer. We can't have a beer. We gotta whatever. We're not gonna have nothing. Just you know our protein shakes and 
stretch out and get in a hyperbaric chamber for a good night's sleep. Like it's different. And that's why it's harder. I think you teams f to bond, you have to bond, you have to do extra things for teams to come together. Cause yeah, you got to have the right pl players on the ice, but I think there's gotta be some bonding off the ice. So you mm -hmm. play for each other. That's the one thing I, w I hate the most about social media is the fact that if I, if I saw a team full of guys on a night where yeah. they play the next day and they were having drinks, I personally wouldn't think a thing about it. Right. But there's a lot of people that if they saw a picture oh. of guys and there was yeah. bottles of wine around, yeah. it'd be like, what the fuck are they doing? The you can't night hide. It, you it's can't just, hide. And, and that, that is like, yeah. gotta make it harder for these guys to go out mm -hmm. and do, you know, like you said, one of the two things you can do as a team to bond. And that is on the road, go have yeah. drinks, go out, you know, be together. We don't, you know, we can hold each other accountable there too, you know? Yeah. No. I, I think about some of the things we did. And, um, you know, we my buddy Newells used to have these every year, just historic parties. It was a 70s party on the Friday night. Or sorry, a 70s, it was a pub crawl on Friday night, 70s party on Saturday night. And all these NHLers would come in, like Rob McGeer and all like all these guys. It was unbelievable. And Rhett Warner, we were in the Cowboys on the West End. And I was... R.I.P. What a great yeah, place. Right, it was great. Oh, yeah. man. I was. I had a pretty good night going on. I remember I looked over and Rhett Warner was naked except for a saran wrap diaper. And uh, <laughs> I remember thinking, what is he doing? But you know what? Like it, it would like now would be like snap, snap, oh, snap. Be all, you wouldn't be even do it. You'd be like awful. jumping on to get him out of there, you know? Yeah. Like, and, uh, but that was like, it was so funny. And I, I, I that's one of my favorite things I've ever seen. Not his <laughs> hammer, but just yeah. like the guy <laughs> serving drinks in the back of a saran wrap diaper. And didn't even flinch. And we were all like, yeah, Man, what's up? I just keep the party going, right? You and George, you and George run into each other at Cowboys a couple of times, I'm sure. Uh, I've seen him, I've saw him around, yeah. yeah, yeah. He, the big man, yeah, the big Took man, up a lot of space. They're there <laughs> in Rum Jungle. Oh, yeah, post up a Rum Jungle. Did you ever go to the Rum Jungle? Yeah, a couple of times. Yeah, it was uh, I like Barry T's. That was my uh, see, I was a little Barry, too. I, I could Barry, only, I, I got uh, in when I was 16 and then it kind of died. Yeah, very yeah. first time we ever yeah. went to a bar was Barry, Barry T's. Yeah. Because yeah. My, sister, yeah. my sister was dating a guy and her brother was a stripper there on ladies' night. So yeah. we, yeah. Went a, we went on a Tuesday. Yeah, oh, no. I remember that guy. Yeah. So I'm 16. And there's this stripper guy we're connected to who's getting us into the bar, and he's just like, like jacked, just. Yeah. And guess what he drove? Jacked. Guess what yeah. he drove? Jeep, California tops, yeah, the, no, yeah. no top <laughs> on, yeah, jacked up tires. But yeah. like, I was just like, this. I'm 16. I'm like, yeah. this guy's my hero. Yeah, this is who I want to be. He and was a male stripper on and, Tuesday night. Oh, and he's telling me he's making 50 grand a year, and like, but at that time, that's like a million dollars. And then uh, we walk into Barry T's, and I'm just like. Like you just see the lights. I'm like, this. I'm like, this must be what Vegas is like. Like yeah. you yeah. just. And we didn't oh. pay for a drink. They, oh, the, my was, cousin and the. I love that place. Oh, I was, so I was on sixteen years such, old. I, I was talking about that for a year that vodka night. Vodka slimes. I always drink vodka. That's what it was on at the back bar. Vodka slimes for two fifty. And you're like, what? Two fifty? <laughs> nobody back there. Yeah, no money. Nobody right? drinks a good vodka slime anymore. I don't. It's, it's, it's a lost weird. art. It it's is so lost good. Art. They were so good. And oh my god. I, yeah. I guess we got to make because like now as we get older, you kind of got to like remove the sugar from the equation because that that's really, why it's vodka soda so yeah. but yeah but me, if we can find like a, a new like new age millennial sure. slime if you will that's got yeah. like sugar-free or oh, just put the lime juice in or whatever but like vodka slimes so good. Fuck, or so good. and struds is a, a a big china white guy i do like so that in the slimes like you're on a mission for diabetes yeah. you know what's you know when i'm out it's pretty if i'm out for a long enough time it's 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 not uncommon pretty much every time I guess someone buys me a China white and they think it's like a they're like hey we got you a China white I'm like great yeah, they think it. I'm kidding I'm like I love it like Sh thank these you shots, these shots the, the shots China white yeah. right yeah, yeah, you yeah. love that's your go to oh, eh? so good they it's are so tasty good. oh they're so tasty what well, is exactly no booze it's Kahlua no uh, you know I, I think there's isn't there some Baileys in there then but the Baileys, cinnamon on the top yeah. the cinnamon to me just oh that's what gets you 
it's oh like, i love it yeah but I even i was in camera this past weekend for a hockey tournament we were out for dinner and uh the, but all these teams were in there and this guy walks up he's like i'm a huge fan can we just have a china white i'm like absolutely like <laughs> not even it. a question man like <laughs> so in front of my whole team I, my kids are eight i'm like pounding this china white but i'm like boys this and girls this is what it's about you know so well i, I guess that's a good thing to be known for because forever you're gonna for, forever morgan we People are going to come up to you and want to do a shot of China White for you on their dime. Yeah, it's great. It's a great. Fuck, you know what? And they enjoy it. And they, I'm like, yeah, you know, I'm happy to pay if they want yeah. to do it. It doesn't matter. But I just, people think I'm kidding, but I genuinely like it. It's a good drink. It's three, three quarters of an ounce of creme de cocoa oh, yeah. and a oh, quarter yeah. ounce of Bailey's Irish cream. So yeah, yeah. So it's really creamy. So not for the top. lactose intolerant. <laughs> so there's so, dairy freeers out so there. You just said that you went to a hockey tournament with your eight year old. Yeah. Now our eight year olds yeah. play against each other. Yeah. Uh, they used yeah. to play, they used to play in the same, but you moved. Yeah. Um, um, how was your how was your experience out of town? We had uh, our parents like it was great. We had yeah. such a good time. Uh, was it the same with you guys? It was, like, what, you know, yeah, like I sent the message busy? out before. Like I, I I think the out of town tournaments is a reward for the players and the parents. You yeah. know, you're going out there for the parent uh, for the parents. They get to just go hog wild. They're in a hotel. There's not a lot of driving going on, and then for the players, like they get to hang out with their buddies. And, and you know, so I don't really. I mean, I want the kids to do well, but you know, at this they're eight, they're novice. Like, does it really matter if you win or lose? It doesn't matter. But what they'll remember is that time together and that bonding time. And I want and I, I what I try to do every step of the way is I want the kids to just get more hooked and hooked into hockey. So by having a great weekend time with their buddies and their parents being really mellow because of a few drinks, like everyone has a good weekend and we all go away feeling good about ourselves. So that's kind of my 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 goal in a weekend tournament. Yeah, what I noticed with the kids was that the Saturday, we, we don't normally, it's normally like two games on Saturday, two mm -hmm. games on Sunday and those away tournaments. Well, we just happened to have a schedule where we had three games on Saturday. Yeah. So most of the time it was basically like game we all went out for lunch so big team lunch then back to the arena for back-to-back -back games sure. basically. we didn't yeah. even leave our dressing room awesome and the and, and the kids like you just see them and they're playing like mini sticks in the hallway yeah. like they're going a hundred percent all day yeah. and they're loving it they're not fighting with each other you know that some of the younger brothers are getting involved yes, and yeah. that was what i noticed about it and then we went to the swimming pool at the hotel afterwards these kids went from 10 a.m to 8 p.m non-stop and like not one issue the yeah. kids got along great everybody was involved I, I loved it i thought it was great i would have loved to have us do that like maybe week three of our season yeah. bring them all together early but i mean they are eight so it's hard to find novice tournaments it if really is that's for what we a, found. a business model you start a novice tournament in november and you're gonna have a like lot of customers right before the season yeah. starts you're gonna or yeah october like late october november you'd have them because it's hard no one it's hard to get ice time and it's half ice and no one really wants to do it but if you can get that, you'll get a lot of people in. So, Struds, you do a lot with the kids. Like, you, you've you coached ever since your kids were really young. Mm -hmm. uh, I remember you coaching our kids when they were five, pretty much. And, and you know, you do a lot of extra ice time on the side. And, like, I love watching it because it's like, it's it, you know, there's somebody in control. There's somebody who knows what they're doing. Mm -hmm. Now, my question, there's two questions. Number one is, what do you think, like... Spring hockey's coming up, and that's a big deal. People are starting to talk about it around the rink. These kids are yeah. eight years old. What's your opinion on, like, spring, summer hockey? What, do you think it's too much specialization? Do you just give them the choice and, you know? Yeah, what, so... What's your thoughts? So my oldest son, we do it. He's eight. Um, we did it last year. I don't... The, the problem is that it gets really intense quite quickly, and I think that at a young age, the focus shouldn't be on winning tournaments. It should be on improving the kids. So um, I spent a lot of time just on skill development at that age. And, and quite honestly, I did it um, I, I did it with that in mind. So we'll do a lot of stuff that um, will we'll make them better skaters, better stick handlers, better passers, and not as much on 
systems. Now, there are other coaches who are trying to win, and I'm not saying they're wrong, but I think when you're trying to win, you've got to be more into the world of the of the system play. So, like, offensive cover, or, uh, you know, forechecking, defensive stuff, and I'll, and I'll do some of that, but, you know, I think that long-term, they're better served to be becoming better players. So that's the focus of what I do. And, um, you know, I, I, I don't love doing it in the spring. You know, we'll, we'll be done pretty early. Um, you know, my son could have played on different teams that would go into end of June. And I, I, by then, by May, I'm done. I'm just done with hockey. I don't and see, that's do the anything. thing about spring is it pretty much coincides exactly with like a baseball season yeah, yeah. because, you know, like when it starts right in, you know, May and goes, you know, all through May, all through June, and then everything kind of ends so that the kids can have their July, August yeah. break. Right. 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 Well, so like we find ourselves, my, my kid really wants to play spring hockey. Yeah. And so we're going to do it again. We're going to do it over at a three on three, yeah. you know, this time full ice, getting them ready for Adam. Um, but it's, it's like baseball's twice a week. This hockey's twice a week. Right. Yeah. And that goes on for eight weeks. It's a lot. Right? It's, so a lot. it's a lot for them, but you know, I guess you can gauge if your kid can handle it, but yeah, like I grew up when I was in high school, I was playing basketball for uh, our high school team and full-time mid AAA hockey. And I love it. Those are my best memories. So my do- my wife will say like, geez, the kids are busy. I'm like, yeah, but I, I remember when I did, I loved it. And our kids seem to like it. So if they push back, they're like, okay, well, next year we won't do it this way, right? But yeah, like my kids, they want to play soccer. I don't like soccer. I don't like coaching soccer, although I do it and I'm not good at it, but I, I do it and you know, they want to be out there. Sure. Let's play soccer. Let's do it. Like, I don't care. Play any sport you want. Um, but you know, I think whatever you do, whatever sport you decide to do, if you're going to be extra, there has to be a purpose to it. Just being on the ice to be on the ice to me is a waste of time. What's your purpose? Like, why are we doing this extra two months? And once you figure that out, if it makes sense, then do it. And so I read your thing a long time ago about uh, how they had switched first year. First year novice used yeah. to be half ice. Second year novice used to be full ice. Yeah. How and dare second, you call it novice, Chalmers? And second year yeah. novice. <laughs> I know. We talked about that yeah. too. Very upset that's, about that. That's oh, still not offending yeah. people yet. But they keep scoring second year novice. They didn't yeah. in first year novice. Yeah. Well, our year, our 2011 year, yeah. was the first time that second year novice was just like first year novice, where they play half ice games. They do not keep score. There's no real penalties. You know, it's more on skill development, like you said, and yeah. not as much in trying to, you know, work a breakout yeah. or or like you know have an offensive pressure. I'm finding that these kids are getting better skill wise this year for like more than they did last year. Like this is a year I'm seeing yeah. a huge jump because I'm, I'm coaching a lot of the same kids I used to. I, is that why you agreed with like the, the fact that they changed it this way? Well, I think as a coach, it takes the pressure off to have to win. Cause really you don't really know who's winning. I mean, people keep track, but it doesn't matter. Like no one keeps stranding. So I can't go home and be shamed because we haven't done anything. Right. So you, you don't have to worry about breakouts as you talked about. I don't, I, I just tell my kids three people go, one person stay back. Let's just go. And what I want the kids, I believe hockey is, um, just endless decisions with and without the puck, you know, where, who has the puck, what do I have to do to be there? So I try to try to gently guide them to start making choices. You know, when, when I, if I have the puck and I beat the first player, usually in a small ice, I better move it quick. If I don't, someone's going to take it from me. So they do it two or three times. And I'm like, Hey, you know, whatever, Kane, you might want to just pass that puck after that first. Then you start seeing them. They're figuring it out. You can't just roboticize everything and tell them this is how you play hockey. Like I want them to kind of figure it out on their own. Like if you keep bringing it in front of your net sooner or later, the other team's going to steal it from you. Yeah, and you your do. last man back. And then you come back and they're like, well, that didn't work. I'm like, yeah, what well, we should have done differently. <laughs> well, maybe I go wide. Okay. So they're trying to figure it out a little bit their own. So I'm, I'm, that's my vision. I haven't been through it, but I, I feel that that's what you, you just keep making decisions. And eventually when you get on the big race, they've already made these decisions a hundred times. Mm-hmm. So now they can do the right thing. 
I think this is. Fuck, you sound like an amazing coach. Um, he is. He really <laughs> is. Well, you do. You sound like you take the right approach, which I think is a good segue because, like, you you know, you're not just a coach for your kids' teams and whatnot, but you're actually putting on defensive camps here in Edmonton. Yeah. So maybe tell us a little bit more about that. Yeah, so when I was finished uh, coaching, I had a couple of parents come and ask me if I'd help them with their D. And because uh, it's a hard thing to coach. Like, coaching defense is, it takes a long time, and there's not a lot of guys out there that are just doing it. So I tried it for a couple of mornings. I'm like, you know what? I actually like this. So now it's morphed into this um, huge camp where I have a, you know, quite about 200 kids every year come to a spring camp and then two summer camps. And, you know, I, the nice thing about it is I have time to work with the kids in, in something that's not their coach. So I can go and I work on the basics, you know, uh, good gap control, um, how to be between the man and the net, where to put your stick uh, with older kids a little bit on how not to get rocked, um, shooting from the point, all the things that coaches don't have time for. Because when you have an hour, if I'm, if I'm coaching all you guys and I have an hour practice, I'm not going to take 30 minutes out of it to work with breakouts for the D-men. And I work a lot of breakouts, but you can see the improvement. I have kids now coming back year after year and they are improving on, that, on, the, on the breakouts or walking the line to get a shot or whatever, but you need to put time in. And, and I get frustrated when coaches call me and say, Oh, Struddy, what's going on? My D-men suck. I'm like, well, do you work with them in practice on breakouts? No. Okay, so whose fault's that? It sounds like you suck. Like, you have to put time in. Like, you've got to, you can't ask, and, I, and I've realized this as a, as a coach, you know, if a player keeps making a mistake, it's your job to help them either become a better skater so they don't do it or to help them give them the skills so they can get out of that trouble. So if your D-men aren't breaking the puck on, this is for everyone listening, and you don't work on breakouts, whose fault's that? That's not their fault. That's your fault. So that's the kind of stuff I get to work on. So uh, I, I love it. I never in a million years thought I'd be doing this when I was playing. Never. And now here I am. Just I love doing it. And what age groups do you teach? So there uh, I have Adam, Pee Wee, Bantam, and Midget. So mm -hmm. I have uh, in May 2nd and 3rd, there's a one for uh, spring, just two days. Kind of just a little, we, you know, we kind of pick a topic and do it for two days. And then August 10th on the north side of Edmonton, August 17th on the south side. Again, Adam to Midget. And you're on the ice with me for an hour, then you work out for an hour off the ice with D-men related like footwork drills. And so my son now comes into it and uh, he loves it. Like he, you know, he did it last year as an underage, he's a bigger kid, but it's, it's a lot of fun. And even if you're a forward to learn how to defend properly. I mean, like you think about Bergeron, um, think about uh, Ryan O'Reilly, even Nugent Hopkins, like they're good defensive players and they get the puck back quick and they can attack. You got to learn how to defend. And uh, you know, it's, it's not as sexy as learning how to toe drag or to go around someone. But if you can get the puck back, I promise you, everyone else in your line is going to want to play with you because you're taking pucks away from guys. If people wanted more information about these camps that you have, where would they go to get that? Well, I've got a pretty sick website now. <laughs> uh, dot com. Uh, I just got it. Oh, uh, I can't believe that was available. You know, I, you know what? I had to buy it off someone. Pretty expensive <laughs> transaction. Uh, Oilers Nation, thank you for letting me buy it. <laughs> but that's where it is all. And you know what? It's, it's a fun camp and it's a pretty relaxed atmosphere. But... You know, I think it's a pretty special, uh, specialized camp, but it's one that you need to put time in. And, uh, you know, skating's hugely important for a D-man, obviously, and, mm -hmm. and shooting and all that stuff. But just the general time, you you just, I know as a coach, you can't put that time in. You no, those, time. those novice practices, especially, I mean, they, they go by quick. And oh, you, you have a practice plan, you yeah. do a 10-minute warm-up, and then three sections yeah. and then a fun game at the end yeah. and you're not getting to specialize too much on stuff you no. you basically no. have to have drills that are you know working on pivoting edge control right. yeah. with a puck without a puck and maybe some you know one-on-one -on -one type of small battle drills because we right. are in a small spot so it's quick yeah, it happens yeah, that's quick. why those camps are good so how many kids do you have enrolled in your camps right now um, well, they're, they're, they, we just started registration about a month ago so they're you know they're about I don't know half full already you know it and, doesn't take long 
Well, that's, that's unreal. And what's like the mission? Like how many kids do you want to try to get to? So in the spring one, usually I have about um, 50 to 55. Or actually, you know, about, about 60, probably 60. Then uh, in, in the one in the north side, I can handle about 45. Then on the south side, that's a big one. I usually have about 130, 140 kids. Yeah, ever since oh. you moved to the south side, us white mud westers, we're not getting your emails anymore. I know. Well, it's hard because you know what? It's funny. Because I, I, <laughs> it gets to, full? Well, it does, it, no, I do. But I'm off. I'm not very good at reaching out and be like, hey, do you want to come? Because I feel it's a little bit like, uh, you know, like, hey, you're my friend. Do you want to bring your kid to my camp? So I, I try to reach out to people. And like, usually if you've come the last couple of years, I'll definitely email you and say, hey, this yeah. is what's going on. Yeah, yeah. Um, that's funny. I was sending out emails to uh, to people I thought were in my camp last year. And I get email back. Please stop sending emails. My son is 24 and he has two kids. <laughs> so I write back like, well, maybe their kids want to come. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, no, planning for the next generation. Well, that's oh. super cool. So looks like you're building something good. Obviously, people have had the chance to kind of hear uh, Strudwick's approach to all this. Um, so yeah, help him hit his goal. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. And, and like, I'm passionate about coaching. So even if you have any questions about coaching, you can shoot me an email at info at jasonstrudwick.com, uh, I think it is, or dot, dot com, I think what it is. And uh, like, I love, because people do send me a lot of emails. And I, I, I try to help people learn how to coach better um, and just approaches to use. Like, it's 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 hard. Being a coach and you've never coached, it's hard. Yeah. And I people can... think it's easy, but you're looking up in the stands and there's Jimmy, there's Tim Hortons judging what you're doing. You have to be prepared and organized. And so I'm very happy to share everything I know. Cool. And the community leagues, they give you, they give you the basis of what you should be, yeah, you know, doing, yeah. but, but there is, you know, there's a lot of adapting you have to do yeah. that I've noticed. And, you know, not a lot, all the parents on our team that help, there's about four or five of us dads and none of us have a background in it, right? right? Like we've had to figure this out. And so, yeah, that could be helpful as yeah. coaching clinics too. Yeah. Very cool. So before we let you go, probably one more subject uh, as a Oilers fan. We didn't even really touch too much. Like ever, we didn't talk uh, Super Bowl or anything. Well, I know, and a lot of people, you know, instead. like we didn't talk yeah. about your time with the Oilers. So maybe that's a, a podcast for another day, sure. which we love to do, to, especially the story of the come up and all that stuff. But uh, I think we want to maybe play uh, Oilers GM with you. Uh, but before we do, I want to shout out our good friends slash myself at Oodle Noodle. We're about to launch our 13th, open our 13th what? store in the Terwilliger area. Oh. So we'll, we're going to be neighbors here. Yeah, right over. Okay. Yeah, okay. Where exactly is this one? So it's in the same, um, I hate to use the term strip mall, as the Tim Hortons. On 23rd and Riverbend? On 23rd and Round Hill Road. Yeah, so, oh, so very well, high traffic. What did you take over? It was the Taco Del Mar. Oh, I know. Oh, get, Taco okay, Del Mar. good. Yeah, we uh, so we took over the Taco Del Mar That's an and converted. Yeah, well, we, we we like to think so, and so that opens right away. So now we can actually deliver to all of that area, which was an area we couldn't touch for a long time. So very excited. Location number nice. thirteen, lucky thirteen, Sorry. as I like to say. Yeah. Also, Jay uh, Oodle Noodle is giving away a dream trip for two to Thailand. Oh yes. So you can check out Oodle underscore Noodle on Twitter or at Oodle Noodle Gram on Instagram to get all the details you need. Super simple contest to enter. All you need to do is share, follow the nudes, follow AMA Travel, and tag your travel buddy, and you will be entered to win that contest. The draw will be happening in mid-March. Definitely want to get involved involved in that one because that is fantastic. Yeah, super yeah, it's 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 easy to enter, so just check out social media. But speaking of Instagram, I think we would be remiss not to bring this up actually before we jump into Oilers GM with Jason Strudwick. Is we are under attack, Struds. Instagram for some reason all of a sudden does not like us. Really? And last week they did some kind of algorithm change, and all of a sudden Oilers Nation, official Oilers Nation, as a, as an Instagram account is shut. 
Come on. And then we relaunched it, and then it got shut again. So now we have a new account called Nation underscore ON that we're doing uh, to try to bring people back. But this was an account that had 72,000 followers. What? And didn't you just lose another one? We just lost Leafs Nation. Yeah. So we are Leafs. under what? attack. So we're going to fight the fights to get it back. This is the internet game. It's tough. We can't get a hold of anyone. We're going to talk to some partners in this space that we've already reached out, but we're going to try to also you know, knock on the door of Instagram wherever we can. You just can't get a person. Yeah, sure. So the thing we'd like to actually ask our audience is that anytime you can on any of our posts is ask Instagram, tag them, and, le and, and let them know that you want official Others Nation back, and let's see what kind of noise we can make. Because it's very annoying. This is the this is the the channel that we use. Like, yes, we write a bunch of content, and people consume it, and we have a... We have a content or a, a comment section where people can interact with one another, but it's social media is where we actually engage and grow yeah. the community. It's it's a way where we can entertain people by putting what we think is funny stuff and and hopefully people like what we do, but also it's a place for people to submit stuff to us yeah. and then we share a lot of community stuff. So it's a huge community community builder. You know, we use it to promote our events to bring the community together. We do it to like, geez. In the week that we've we haven't had the account, we had we had the turtle stunt, and then we had a goalie fight. <laughs> like these yeah. are just crazy right. events, right? So like whatever, I'm not here to to, to cry poor. Like this is you know we're, we'll start a new account sure. and we'll get it back up, or we'll fight the fight to get it back. But if anyone's ever been entertained with anything that we've done or thought it was funny, you know maybe uh, on one of our posts, uh, shout out Instagram and tell them they've made a mistake. But or there's GM time, or there's GM time. So. Trade deadline approaching. We've now just have a, we have a super tight galvanized squad right now. So obviously we you know we're not the perfect team yet, but you know I think as a as a group it's getting tight. Um, what do you what do you foresee the needs, and could you maybe attach some names to those needs? So I've been very very much on the side that I think that this is not the year to go all in. You know, I think that the orders are, are we're starting to see uh, the fruits of, of drafting, developing, mm -hmm. going, you know, we look at this team now with Yamamoto, Bear, um, you know, Benson, wherever, wherever he's at, um, Jones, um, I'm probably missing someone, but there's, the guys are starting to come up and there's a, hopefully a pipeline coming behind. Mm -hmm. You can't always do that by trading assets away. Like look at what, you know, when they made the Reinhardt trade, they, they lost to the first and a second just to get Shirelli. I think it was a third and get Tom McClellan was a second. So that's four picks. A first, two seconds, and a third, or even it's a first, a second, or whatever it is, it's four picks. If one of those guys is a top nine forward, this team looks vastly different, yeah. vastly different. And we whiffed on Puliarvi as well. Well, so yeah, that's that's a whole, but that's bad development, right? So now they have on a different. So so let's go. We can count. So that's five guys. If one of those is a forward, we're not even worried about trading for a forward because mm -hmm. you already have it. So, but the recent play since that 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 break has made me um, soften my position because. You have to also look at the team you have in front of you, and you have to reward guys and the team for for playing so hard. So they deserve help. Mm -hmm. You know, they deserve reinforcements. So what is like? What are you willing to trade for? Like, what are you willing to give up? And I'm of the mindset: if you're going to break trade for someone, he has to have some um, some time on his contract. Agreed. You can't just trade for like. I know people like Taylor. I like Taylor Hall too, but I'm not trading for him because he has no time on his contract. It has to be someone, you know, like a guy like Zucker. Is it Jason Zucker out of mm -hmm. um, many. Many, many? Now, a player like that. I'm not saying that guy, but he has, I think, two years left. 
So what does that price tag look like? But he comes in and for him, he's like, okay, I'm here for this run, but I'm also here for two more years. So now he can get comfortable playing with McDavid or playing, I don't know wherever he's going to play, but so my focus as a, as a GM would be to, to reinforce the top nine with something that isn't going to kill me long-term, right? So Mm. the first round pick, I I better get someone who has, you know, two or three, four years on their deal, Mm -hmm. like a JT Miller. JT Miller's worked out unbelievably well for for Vancouver. Yeah, and and a lot of people were hating on that trade at the beginning, yeah. So it takes confidence to make that trade, but it was done at a trade at at the uh, draft, Mm -hmm. so we don't have the luxury of doing that now, but so I am changed. So I'm not not looking at the back end because I think Broberg's coming at at some point. I think Bouchard's going to come, so you have those guys, Jones and Bear are there. Uh, I don't want to give up a lot back there. I'm looking more up front i just want a top nine player with term that brings speed and some some hustle uh to to the soldiers lineup so uh, the best name i can give you is zucker you know uh i know people are pajo i think he's gonna be too expensive he's a rental anyway yeah and i don't i don't want rentals and i don't no. want a guy that i'm like oh we'll we'll trade from and maybe sign him well that signing might be pajo might be four or five million that's mm-hmm. a lot for a third mm-hmm. line player so you got to go a little bit of bargain hunting, but it's it's going to probably be a player we haven't really thought of even. Well, what, what do you think about in the comment section on the website, especially right now, the guys that they're looking at trading, or the, the, the readers, the citizens of the nation, of course, is guys like... Adam Larson's only got one year left on his deal. Uh, Chris Russell's in the same thing. Do you think now is the time to move a guy like that, or is it too soon? Because you do yeah. need veterans on your back end, especially yeah. for a playoff run. I think that'd be a huge mistake. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you look at this group, you need dip, depth in the playoffs for D. So you've got the two Swedes, you've got Nurse and Bear established top four. Then, you know, was it Russell, Jones, Benning? That's top seven. You can live with those guys. They can pop up. They need to play some minutes, but you've moved Larson out. Now who else is going up there? Is it Benning who's played well, but is he ready to play 20 some minutes in the playoffs? That's a concern. Now someone else goes down. Now so you're looking down like, okay, uh, Yo Pearson, is he coming up? Or Willie Likeson, can those guys play 20 minutes? So you really make a hole. You got to give this team a chance. Mm-hmm. You've got to give, they've worked hard together. So I don't think you're taking anyone off the roster to move them out. Um, to, to, to bring someone in. Mm-hmm. I think you got to look off the roster, you know, and, and a guy I'd actually look at, although how much he has is Pooley RV and Legison. Those are two guys that I would look at moving because, you know, Legison, I, I like, I think he could be a, an NHL defenseman, but you know, you got to give up something mm-hmm. and, and players want young D men. Yeah. Um, and you already have Baron Jones in there. So you're kind of comfortable with that. So a slower draft deadline day would be a good one for us. Trade deadline or draft? Like, uh, trade deadline. Yeah. Did I say? Uh, yeah. Deadline? Well, yeah. it depends. Like it depends what. Like I, I don't want to give up the future for now. Like a Broberg, right. Bouchard, not a chance. Any of those good? Yeah. McLeod, no. Benson, no. Um, Lavoie, no. Like so, you're, you're getting pretty soft. Some work off. You wouldn't give him up. And what is that value for him, right? Mm-hmm. But to find a guy with some term left, they could play in your top nine. Like to me, that's that's preferably a guy that can maybe swing into the middle if you need. Mm-hmm. But just add help because now all of a sudden that third line could be maybe he plays where um, where Neil is, and Neil comes down and plays on the third line with Shane and Archibald. Mm-hmm. Like or you mix guys around, but you get just more depth. Then it pushes guys down like mm-hmm. a Jujar down the fourth line, or and then just makes that line stronger. So that's that's what I think. And you got you got a reward. I remember when I was on teams. They're doing well. You just wanted the GM to believe in you. Mm-hmm. Say, we're going to make a trade. And when they add it, you're like, yes, he believes in us. And you're going. And if you don't do anything, it's not the end of the world. But you also want to say, hey, guys, thank you. You've done a good job. I had a buddy who played junior and uh, like scrappy, like fighting for playoff spot type team. Yeah. But they, they 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 were getting to that. Like they were on the right path. Yeah. And GM did no nothing at the trade deadline. And uh, they threw all of their white towels on the floor in the dressing room, right. the GM walked in, just yeah. saying like, "You give up, we give up." It gotta give us a chance. Like you gotta give the guys a chance. If I, I mean, it has to be reasonable. Like you're not trading 
something good for the future as a yeah. GM. That's what you have to balance. Yeah. But even a small, like something minor, well, not minor for Gen Zucker, but something that just says, guys, we've, we've got you. We believe in you. That goes a long way to bolstering that group. Like I'm, I'm with, so like I'm, I'm preaching like the time is now situation in the sense of like, but I, I get there's phases to it because like, you know, McDavid is like now going into like peak prime mode and we have, yeah. to, our, our, our window has to be open. The fact that it hasn't opened yet is a shame, but now this year yeah. it looks like it's now open a crack and yeah. that's good. So what, what I think, I think I, where I, I totally agree with you. I don't think you can touch, touch our D right now. Cause they've been, they're good. They're yeah, good yeah, enough. Yeah, and I don't yeah. think you want to disrupt that. Um, but yeah, it, it, the trade deadline, I think the move is to try to move something to get a player exactly that's either still under team control, yeah. still has some term left. So like you said, Zucker, that was some, that's a name I've, I've thrown around as well. Athanasiu, just because of the Holland, the Iserman connection, I don't know what your thoughts there are on him. But then I think you make like the bigger moves of the draft and that's when you do those some roster changes yeah. and then you really kind of try to go ham and, and, and build those like. Well, Chris Russell's gone after this year. He, I like Chris Russell, but his contract, it gives you no room to move. Yep. And he's making, after the 1st of July, I think he's down to one and a half million. Yep. So someone's going to take him. And he can still play. Oh, yeah. But it's, it's not the player. It's the contract you're moving yep. in. And that's, that's just that's, fact. That's, that's the just, business of it. It's unfortunate. Sam Gagne has played his, his heart out. He's played his heart out. I would, I would like, to, I would definitely like to bring him back next year, but not at three and a half million dollars. Well, and I don't think he would command that. Like, no. if you can bring him back for seven fifty yeah. to a million, that's say, a no brainer. Say, Sam, we'd love to have you back, and it's, it's not the person; it's just the contract. You have to manage your, ca your, your cap because yeah. you got to give Nurse a deal. You've just given um, Casson. You got to give Bear a deal. You got to figure out the backup goalie. You know, if, if Mike Smith doesn't come back, or what, is he, what does that look like? So it's just it's just, you're trading contracts. You're not. It's not the people. It's because it seems like they're all good people. Especially with word uh, coming out today that Darnell Nurse is apparently seeking eight million bucks. He's using Jacob Truba as his yeah. comparable. But that's that's every negotiation, right? Like yep. if I'm just selling my house, I'm like it's a million dollars, and it's like listed for <laughs> six hundred, right? Like everyone, <laughs> everyone know like that's just the way it is. So you start high, but if he's only at eight million, not only, but I mean, if if you're trying to get him down to around where Marcy, if he said more than that, I'd be a little more concerned. What 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 do you think? Like, fuck. That that drives me nuts. That actually I, makes me get a little bit irate to see that, that that that's going out there. I get it's a negotiation, but still, it's it's very audacious. I need uh, that one. Yeah. Is it the well time timed. too for that? Well, I think you want to get it done as soon as you can. You do, you I do, a hundred percent. But you also don't want it to disrupt kind of like the mojo that you're creating with your team and kind of hanging a dark cloud. But I, yeah, I, I'm I'm with you there. W what do you think? If 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 you're the Oilers, what's a fair contract for Darnell Nurse? Well, I don't given I, what you know about his game. I can't go any lower than Morrissey. I mean, is he is he is so he that much like different? Six? Six, six, six two five, I think. Six two five. So is I mean I mean, yeah, I'd love to say four. I mean, well, of course, I mean yeah. like but there has to be yep. there's two sides in every negotiation. And mm -hmm. Darnell Nurse is not a complete player. I believe he he to me is what the orders have lacked for a while is a minute eating defenseman. Mm -hmm. You go out there, he's just gonna eat minutes. He he seems to have limitless energy, he's tough. Um, he's not a power play guy. He he can carry the puck well. I'd like to just keep working on that, those quick little plays out of his zone um, and those types of things. But he's a minute eater, like Jay Bomeister. Mm -hmm. You just go out there and mm -hmm. you want him to keep removing the mistakes out of his game so he just can play 20, 25 minutes and he eats those minutes. Mm -hmm. So there's value to that. Yeah. And because if, if people, I've seen people suggest, well, well, let's trade him away. Okay, you're going to trade him away. Who eats those minutes? Is it Chris Russell and Caleb Jones? Not today. They're no. not ready to do that today. So you have to keep those guys. And, and so I, if you could get them for the same Morrissey, I'm like, yeah, you know, of course you want less. Every deal you want less, so you have more cap room. But there's two sides in every deal. Oh, well, you have of to course, give yeah. them the... So can, sorry, can I just jump in here? Yeah. Um, where would you rank Nurse right now on the order of defense? 
Is Clef Bomb still your number one? I think I've got him number and one. Ethan yeah. Bear is pretty close to being top three. Uh, yeah, on this, yeah, I'd probably have, yeah, I'd probably be one, two, three, somewhere yes. there. So I'm with Jay here. What drives yeah. me crazy with this number? I get it. It's the market, yeah. but Josh Morrissey is the number one guy in Winnipeg. Yeah, but they have a lot of, they don't have a very good D. But that's what I mean. So can you pay yeah. Darnell Nurse that amount of money when he's going to be three, four on your team? But if you look at the point totals, are that much different? They're the same birth year. You know, so, yeah. so I, I meant, I'd love to say 5.75. Yeah, yeah. I, I'd love to have that, but the Truba deal is, is a reach. There's but no yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, no, 100%. But yeah. if, if, so if that's the price, the 6.25 or whatever, there's probably now because yeah. a year or two has elapsed, so now six and a half or whatever it's going to yeah. be. Now, if you're the Oilers, do you want Darnell Nurse on your team at six and a half, or do you want to try to move that to like, a, and I know you're saying trying to replace yeah. him is tough, yeah. but maybe there's another deal at play. To get to to yeah. fill him for a guy a guy that's maybe on a four million dollar deal to play in that like three four role, like do you think like that's the time to maybe yeah. move? Not, when I say move on, not the bad way. It's just like the business of the game, yeah. being like, okay, hey, well, if this is what the market wants for him, well then I'll let him go get that in the market, and I'm going to trade and try to get something valuable right. in a different position. So now you're making two trades. So now you're trading Nurse out for something, mm-hmm. and then you got to trade something for the thing you just got to get another Darnell Nurse that's cheaper. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but, how, but now I've got more see? money. But now I've got more money. I know. But how many? How often do you see you trade a top four D and you get a top four D back? So that depends what like, you're willing to give that, up, that, though, that, right? Because that's because we are going to have to enter the point as every good team does is we have to start leveraging the future to start to yeah. start going on a yeah. run. So this is like, and, that, and that's why I don't think that happens at this tra- traded line. But it starts happening at the draft. Well, also, also, well, it has to. It has to. It has to start happening because Connor David and Leon Drysaddle are still young, but like the NHL is different. Like twenty-seven now is like the See, the, think, the death age. I think of, what you're trying to. I think what the the way that you're feeling right now is that like the time is now. The time is now. Exactly the opposite of what Strud's kind of said yeah. was the time is not right now. There's phases to the time okay, is now. But when it comes yeah. to Darnell Nurse. I don't analyze defensemen as much as I analyze forwards. I just never played D. I played forward. Yeah. When I look at him, you said that he's got some 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 flaws in his game that he needs yeah. to, to take some of the mistakes away. Now, I see him as a good puck move defenseman. I think he can skate great. He can rush the puck. You say he eats minutes, and he's tough. Those are... I love, are, the, I love his those, toughness. So, yeah. so, right. So those are stuff that, those are things that are like hard to replace in him. Mm-hmm. What's his, da- what's it, what, in your game, in your, in your mind, what's his yeah. flaws right now? The he things gets that puck he focused could, to me. He's too often puck focused. So in our own zone, yeah. it, it, like he's staring yeah. at the corner, that's not right. worrying about what's behind like him. Something that's easily correctable. And I'm sure Playfair is working on with that. Um, but to get back to your point, like, you know, you got to remember in, in, hopefully within 18 months, Bouchard's on this team. And Broberg's really close. Mm-hmm. So that might be a time to have a conversation with will. But I don't see a lot of left defensemen that are coming up that are anything close to Darnell Nurse. Would you feel comfortable having Caleb Jones in a playoff series playing 22 minutes a night? This season, no, no. but maybe next season, right? Like but it's, you don't know that. But I know, I, I, I know you don't know. Right now. And, I, and I'm not saying we should move on from Nurse. It's more just the discussion of like, if this is yeah. what it's going to cost, and we can go to market and get yeah. someone who's already got like four years left in their contract at $4 million who locked in three years ago. Right. But no one's going to make that trade. Well, what, but what if we're giving a first round pick and a like? What if what? Yeah, what, then, what okay, so you're going to so you're going to trade Nurse and a first rounder for a, a, so, a cheaper D for a top six forward that we're going to get in return for okay. Nurse, and then yeah. we're going to go to market on another trade to then fill the hole of Nurse. So how easy to make trades? 
if you're willing to pay the market, yeah, there's always. So, but so now you're desperate because you need another D man. So yeah. they know that, and now you're sucking more assets out of your pipeline. Yeah, that's fair. Like you, it, now's not, I, I agree. Now's not the time. I want when Bouchard gets here, and if he's as good as people think he can be. What do you think of him? Now, well, I've only seen him play a couple of times, but I love his offensive upside. If he's your third pairing right defenseman, he's wheeling dealing like that, creating offense. Come on, a right shot D man on the power play. What about Broberg? I love the way he, he can skates. skate. He yeah, can yeah. skate. But he, I, I see him as a minute eater too. Yeah, yeah. Those minute eaters like Pareko and Bomeister completely changed the St. Louis Blues when they got together because they just ate minutes and defended. So you throw those two guys out there. And it's, yeah. So who did I say? Or No. no uh, Bro, but Broberg and Bouchard, do we see them? Oh. Like what's their potential? Like next year? Um, no, I don't know. I think Broberg. Maybe. I don't even know if Broberg will come over next year. Like, no, no Broberg so, still. So we got, we got a long road with him. Right, but, but Bouchard. Bouchard. Let's, see, let's say by next Christmas, Bouchard's on your on your right side. And maybe you're like, hey, you know what? or Larson is expendable. But I don't know if, you know, you got to just do it with time. You want and, you want the guys to come push people out of their spots. And so what Jay's seeing is that's next Christmas where we still have like our time, our time clock is just ticking. On well, but, that, but, but that's, that's the thing, right? It's think. at some point, like it's saying like when I'm saying the time is now, okay, we're going to make the playoffs. I'm not expecting us to go on a deep run and, and, and bring on rentals. Like that yeah. is not the time for that. Right. We're not there yet, but there is at the traded line. There's maybe that opportunity to get someone with term. Maybe there is. Yeah. yeah. And if, and if that's there, let's yeah. do it. Um, that can go in the top nines, preferably right. the top six. Um, and I think that's great. But then I think of the draft, you have to start wheeling and dealing a little bit. But I like, just, I consider Darnell to be a core player on this team. And when you fuck with core all the time. No, no, that's true. And you don't yeah. want to. So like I, so what I don't know is I don't know his role in the room. Like if he's, if he's a really significant piece to the room and he, you know, he's got some flaws that can be coached. Yeah. Uh, then yeah, like let's, let's do it. But like, I also want us to like take, you know, a step back and look from the outside and be like, okay, hey, well then. Is out, like spending six and a half million dollars on this guy, yeah. like because he's worth it. But imagine if he's not on this team. What does the back end look like right now? I, 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 yeah. I'm, I'm with you. And there's, I'm, I'm, you and trust me, I'm, I'm creating a dream scenario where this goes and this I comes know, back. And and I'm, all trying this. To, I'm trying to lead you down yeah. the road. That, those two trades are trying happening. to coach me right now. Yeah. God, so, it, so basically, what happens though, like if Nurse leaves, he brings an element the team doesn't have. And I recognize the money might be a little high, mm-hmm. but he, you've known him since he was 18. Mm-hmm. Would you rather go out and get? Jay Downton, you haven't known for yeah. I've just well, I, I met him at uh, uh, the, he came to our no, he yeah. came to Edmonton for a week. Yeah. I seem like a pretty good guy. Then he find out this guy's like crazy or yeah. does something like devil. You don't know, buddy. You'd, you'd got to yeah. take what you know. Like good teams yeah. keep their players. They don't just ship them out. I'm not and so I and further. I'm not saying we should trade. Well, that's what I'm hearing. Yeah, but, that's but what I heard too. I, I want us. I want us to analyze the number and then talk about the other okay. side of it. Right, so being like, negative. are we getting that value? Well, just be but like, like hey, I said, six, you're right. Here you go. There's one thing we've been doing wrong over the last yeah. 10 years is we keep changing the core of the room. Well, that's right. So Jay Bomeister, I think seven or eight years ago, was making six and a half million dollars. Is he that much worse than Jay Bomeister? What he brings. Like if, he, if he's your Jay Bomeister with more nasty and he just eats minutes and puts up 20, 30 points in a year. Are you tough to get, you're saying Darnell Nurse is as good as Jay Bomeister? I think he skates pretty well. He's, I think he's not as good a skater, but he moves really well. Yeah. He, he is... Um, he, I think he can carry the puck as well as Jay. Um, okay. He's meaner than Jay. Yeah, that's um, true. But does he defend as well? Probably not just right now. Mm-hmm. But I'm, tra- I'm talking as comparable players on a championship team. Yeah. He was a, th- he, let's call Jay the fourth demon on that, on that blues team. Yeah. At six and a half million. Now you just, you just said something very powerful there. Championship team. Like at yeah. some point we also need to understand building a championship team means not everyone gets market rate. 
Right, but I, I, but I think that when you look, you, you can also give up on pieces you have that are there. Oh no, you, no, no. If, I, if, but I'm saying, but for nurse, years. but if nurse, if nurse is buying in, yeah, yeah. Right and and and, and why and, should he take less? Yeah, you're wishful but it, thinking. You, but if you, everyone's you get, taking you get less, the, you get the deals works. on the lower Did end, guys. Take, like Cassian Cassian didn't take it? less. Well, take it less? depends because you had people publicly saying you should get paid four to five million. Right. Like, Did any of the Leafs take less? Well, this is why the Leafs are horrific and are doomed. But, you, but, it's, but it's a nice thought. But you does have. does Boston take less? And how good of uh, how long have they been? How good of how Pasternak long has it been? Have they been Pasternak, Marshawn, Bergeron? To me, a big problem on this. Pittsburgh, do they take less? Yes. Um, to me, a big problem on this said, team it, is taking uh, less only works if everyone does yeah, it, and that right. has to come from your leader to help. Right. Like, hey, yeah. like let's try to win here now. Yeah, no, I've and heard, I'm, 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 not, I'm not trying to bitch. It's, it's just like if Darnell Nurse is worth it, and that's a deal, then yeah. fucking great. Yeah, like, I don't think it's a deal, but that's the deal. <laughs> yeah, but like Leon Dreisaitl, eight and a half million is a deal at the time. Do you, were you saying that? I was just happy we had him. So, oh, so what's the difference between Darnell? You like Leon better? We could well. Leon's got like crazy offensive upside. So at the time when we needed offense, you knew Leon was one of the answers. Yeah, it could have gone also. He may have only topped out as a 65-point player. Yeah, but, I, but I, I didn't think he would have. Okay, so you're taking a risk on a guy improving. Yes. Oh, geez, that's crazy. To me, a big problem on this team. Wow. So can Darnell Nurse not improve? <laughs> this guy didn't get a bridge deal. I, I said, I, this guy didn't you get a bridge deal. And once again, I'm, I'm fucking coming off, but, but this is I good. This, it's, is, it's, this is the it's, same. It's, it's, this is the thing that started debate. Oilers Nation. This is the yeah. Oilers Nation. Right I want to say, hey, it's, it's I want to sometimes. It's good that we can talk like this, though, now, because we're actually in yeah. a position to talk like this. I think we just have to just keep in mind that this Jay is also the guy that wanted to trade for Josh Hosang. So I think we also have to, everything he puts out. Yeah. Everything puts out. We also have to understand. <laughs> I thought I thought I, I thought it was a worthy gamble, but then Strud's immediately, gamble. you know. But hey, I, I'm open to my opinion, and then I'll also listen. And now okay. I agree. Strud set me straight, and now I'm not the president. <laughs> I stepped down as the president of the Josh so Osei fan club. So, in how many months will it take for you to realize? Uh, when sometimes he, when he things are knee jerk. Knee jerk. Like always, be coaching. The Struts. big the big thing I'm on. <laughs> the big thing I'm on is, and I still get skewered for it. Is 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 the thought of trading Bouchard? Yeah, because yeah. you said he didn't have the fire. I don't know if he has the fire yeah. now. If that, if you, and that sometimes you can't coach the fire. How would you know that right now? Yeah. See, that's the problem. I haven't seen him play. I want to see him play. I think he gets games at some point mm -hmm. this year. Yeah. Just like I can't wait to see Tyler Benson. Oh, I, that if, guy! I'm excited for. If Tyler Benson can come in and contribute on the third line. I think this just solves a lot of issues for the Oilers. Well, a ton of issues. Maybe, maybe he's 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 our, our trade deadline acquisition that we're ta oh, we're talking about, right? But that's why I think just to go back to wrap this up. Every time you get you draft a player properly and develop them properly, and they come up, you're force feeding you're, you're you're feeding your team from underneath and it's pushing other guys out. So if Benson can contribute, Jujar is on really thin ice, really thin ice. I think Oof. he probably already is, he is right and, now. And but that's but that's the thing you want those guys that come up. You want people to come up. Like I hope in a year and a half, Ryan McLeod is pushing other people out. And you're like, well, you know what? We don't need that second year Shans deal because Mc, and I'm, I'm just using him, not saying, but you know, because this guy's come in and you push guys out, and you know, mm -hmm. we got to make room for the young guys. So I'm very leery at this trade deadline about giving away future assets for just to today to get into one round. But I know it makes money. So because to me, looking at Puckpedia.com, a big problem that the Oilers have next year is that they've got four point, roughly four point six million in dead cap space with the Sakara buyout. They're still paying Pouliot amazingly. Lucic has got some retained salary on there, so that's a big problem. And also Jay. We're in the last year of Ryan Nugent Hopkins' contract last year, and yeah. that we need some space from a boy. Yeah, I, I you got to keep him. It's an interesting conversation because it's a tough. That's a, how much you're willing to pay him. Well, what? Okay, well that's 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 a <laughs> he's a seven five infinite. Guy but uh, well, do you five. think? 
Yeah, I think so. First, how many how many points did he have last year? Oh, he's last year he had sixty nine. This year he's on pace over a full nice. season of sixty five. Yeah, so sixty points. So you're probably not wrong with that. That's a lot of money. Could you get a, ch- a cheaper player? That's the guy you I might know. have to move. You might have to move him to get a cheaper player. And and that's and that see once again that's why uh, see that's the same talking. approach about talking about right. like Darnell Nurse is like okay we have to challenge be like okay like maybe we need a cheaper person in that role but like there's one guy that fucking deserves a break is the Nuge. Yeah, like that oh. guy has been. A loyal oiler. He and he been. still looks like he's still twenty two, right? Yeah. And it's like tough. <laughs> that's gonna be a really tough <laughs> it's conversation. Let's say the Oilers are in a really good playoff spot next year and you, you don't you're not gonna resign him, you just keep him. And then he walks away at the end of the year as UFA. That's a that's loss. a really tough one. But this goes back to the philosophy of like trying to get, you know, the core to try to take a little bit less. Well, I I don't know how much less. I mean, he's already at six. He's done pretty well for himself. He's 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 so set up. It's not like he's hurting. But I'm I'm I don't know. I don't know if you can get him for seven and a half even. You know, I don't know. I don't know what the number is. A UFA hitting the market. I have to look at some recent comparables, but pretty crazy. It is. It, it, it's crazy to think, yeah. and it, it gives me shrills because, like that guy, yeah. that but, guy's like that, you want that guy on your team in the playoffs. But the next year, if you look at the cap, they have a lot of. They've got a lot of relief. Yep. Pouliot's off. Um, yep. uh, Sakara drops down to one and a half. Yep. Mm-hmm. So I think I want to say it was two million off the top of my head. It comes off the cap or yeah, something. Yeah, two, uh, two, two, five. Yeah, so that's a lot. So, and also the cap will hopefully go up. So that's a spread there. So you have to remember that's not next year; it's a year after next. Mm-hmm. So. When you're looking at guys too, like uh, Sam Gagne, we talked about, he's not yeah. going to be a three, two no. next year. Uh, Brandon Manning comes off next year. Uh, I mean, I'm I'm betting that they move Jujar, even though one point two isn't a yeah. lot. But that's still but you save. replace him with the same value player, right? Yeah, or maybe I could see cost. an Alex Chieson at two one going because that's expensive yeah. for what he's offering at this point. Yeah. But who knows? Yeah. A lot of tough decisions for sure for the weather's coming up. Are they making the playoffs? Uh, I think at this point, yeah. Excellent. I love yeah, it. I wasn't feeling it before Christmas, but now good, good, I've good. got a lot of money <laughs> on them making the playoffs. What do we think about tonight? Because I want to put some money on this game. Uh, well, oh, fuck. I just, it, uh, to, to Strudge's point, like it all depends how much they celebrated yeah. this weekend and, <laughs> and de- deservingly so. So tonight tonight's a coin flip. Like They're they, a dog. They're they a dog they could lose this game, but then I think they'll win at home against San Jose. Yeah, I think that this is a game that you have, you really need to be a mature team and just do everything right. Move the, Don't take any chances. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, Arizona's having some tough time with the, between the pipes. So just get pucks done. Don't, no don't be yourself. And no Ekman Larson. Yeah, don't is. be yourself. Let them make them beat you, and then they'll give you chances. Uh, so we're going pressing. Oilers in the under of six? I think, I think under is a good uh, bet. And anytime you're playing uh, them, it's, it's a good bet. I feel like this is an overtime loss. That's just how I... I, uh, I, I would take that. Yeah. Like, that's a point. Yeah. Like, yeah, so I like agree. I'm going in with low expectations this game because, yeah. like, these guys yeah, deserve yeah. a night yeah. off. Yeah. Uh, Sharks and Flames play, too. It's, I mean... Yeah, it's a good. It's all. It's yeah. sharks. It's are fun hockey from now on. This is. Bad, yeah. I like when the Oilers are in this position. It's always yeah. fun. But Way it's better than unreal, man. Right yeah. yeah, man. I just hope when we're down in Vegas that they fucking win. Oh God, it'll be so good. The craps will be so nice. <laughs> oh, the craps will just be. I don't bones. care how much I lose. Throwing the bones around. Cool. Well, Struds. Thanks. Good times, I'm, guys. I'm sure Thanks for having me. I, I told you we'd be here for an hour. I think it's been like nine hours. But uh, everyone, go check out uh, Struds's decamp at jasonstrudwick.com. Um, you should probably offer some uh, men's league uh, advice because there's guys that like often. myself that uh, yeah. probably use some help on the breakout. Not a lot of defense on the in the in the, uh, <laughs> in the men's league. Or, 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 or tell or just focus on the offensive <laughs> yeah. side of defense I for men's just league skating. Let's just work on skating. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> how how do you feel about the full cage in the men's league? Uh, I don't like it, but I what get if, it. What if? Yeah, I lost a tooth and I put a full cage. Yeah, yeah. I almost I, lost I, my and nose. It, 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 I almost quit because yeah. I, I I I like to talk. Do you have a roller bag too? 
No. <laughs> there should be no roller bags in men's uh, Like You should just, oh. if you're listening to this, you have a roller bag, just quit. Throw your uh, bag I couldn't in agree more. People literally wheel in with their bags, like teammates. And I'm like, God, man. That's for kids, not for adults. Be a man. And it's barely for in. kids. Yeah, and women too. You shouldn't be wheeling bags. No, you carry, carry your bag. 100%. And what do you drink on a ski hill? Do you have to take a fireball? Do you ski lots? Uh, sometimes, yeah. I'd beer, I guess. I don't know. What, what about I, on the chairlift? Chair no, like when you're oh, on never, the, never on the chair. You know what we yeah. do? Too focused. So we're going on a big ski Focus on greatness. Okay. We're going to Panorama this weekend. Okay, I'll take you to my trip. ski school. <laughs> and we take a backpack. And what we do is we put a couple of bottles of red wine in there and a bottle Ball of fireball. Wine. Really? And then we get off the chairlift at the top of the mountain. We ski to like an area full of trees. Yeah. Fresh snow in there, hopefully. You pop yeah. down into a snow chair, yeah. and then you drink a full yeah, bottle just of have a little red mini wine. Happy hour. Eight of us oh, just buddy. sitting there. It's I'll teach you how to ski so one really day. you're not skiing then. You're drinking. Oh, yeah, buddy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, 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 no. I try to do as little I, skiing as possible. I don't I get pri- I pride myself is I'll get like 20 to 25 hot laps in and like four chalet visits. Like, I okay. am there to work. All right. He's All one right. of those oh. hard cars. I yeah, can't I fucking stand okay. him. Sometimes well, the best is, too, like you go you go up to the chalet and you have a drink or two, and then you go and like bang out a bunch of runs and you've burned off that booze and you're ready for another yeah. one. It's, it's the perfect crime. That sounds pretty good. Yeah. Okay. Well, so anyways, I'll take your word for it. <laughs> anyways, on that note, we're going to ski out of here. Terrible segue. That's yeah. it. Thanks for having me boys. Thanks for coming, buddy. Good luck later. Great job on making it through the entire hour of the real life podcast. Don't forget to like and subscribe wherever you get your podcast from. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. When it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com.